Welcome back to Barely D&D, y'all. It's the Sword of Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and we're doing something a little different today. We are going back to the Courageous Core. It's been a while, which we're very excited to come back to. Um, there's going to be a lot of, of new mini-series and one-shots coming out, so we're very, very excited to get you guys all this um, desultory added bonus content. Um, and this is our second crack at this episode, because we tried the first time, and then my cat pooped all over me and my notes in the table. Uh, and that's okay, because that's barely D&D, that's life, and that's Dungeons & Dragons. Um, so we are going to have a lot of fun with this episode. Woo! We are going to get into it. Um, this is a level 6 adventure, and the nice thing is I've already run some of these details by the players, so I can just tell it kind of quickly to you all, the listener. Um, the date is 3222 PB, Call Elan 17. This is Courageous Core Adventure 2, To Make an Omelette. And um, we're going to have some slight changes today. Um, Micah is going to be playing as Katinka again, but she's changing up the voice a little bit, maybe a little bit about the personality, um, all part of the fun of, uh, and this is a main campaign, we can do whatever we want. Um, so we're going to have fun with little details like that. But before we hop into the stuff, I'm going to read us our, uh, our lore setting and um, background for the episode. The newly formed Courageous Corps return from their maiden venture to the southwestern isle of Zillium, having slain an ambiguous caster and seemingly stopped a nebulous ritual. The most memorable of these events transpired. The salvation of two dragon eggs has produced an incredible complication for the loosely aligned compatriots and their naturalistic employer. The now primary goal of discovering a suitable fate for a black dragon wormling abruptly added to their company. To this end, Teleje has utilized part of his earnings to charter a vessel to the far northern metropolis of Port Wispondisaw, bringing his new employees along as they search for a course of next action. Ravina and Argyle have been dispatched to watch over the unhatched egg and the dragon wormling, who has found some amount of dependence and basic trust for the group since his sudden arrival to the world, while Teleje and Katinka travel to the city in pursuit of leads. So, adventurers, you guys are arriving in Port Responsaw, as I have told you before, <laughs> and um, you've come in on some sort of a uh, whatever irreputable vessel was willing to suddenly sail you all the way from Zillium to. Uh, to Porus saw and to not ask questions about the big thing thumping in a wooden box. And um, you guys have arrived at the city, um, the massive sort of, the waters, you guys are in late fall and the waters of the Bay of Porus saw are um, are catching sort of like uh, silver, like cuts of light as the sun sort of reaches midday height at the top of their crest. And they have sort of like a greenish blue to them with some sea foam lapping up against the edge of the, um, uh, the, I mean, Port Spindlesaw doesn't have a true shore. It's just the sudden abrupt drop of the street and the wall next to it. So the water's slapping up against the stone. And you guys see a vast, vast um, expanse of beautiful buildings, various architectures in the thrumming, teeming city. And um, you guys are currently walking down one of the long, wooden, well-constructed piers um, that branch out like fingers from the bay to hold multiple ships. And uh, you guys are just arriving in the city, and Argyle and Ravina have gone somewhere to effectively do something. We're not going to worry about that detail. They are hiding the wormling and the egg. And you guys are uh, exploring the city, trying to figure out what exactly you're going to do about that whole situation. Teloje, these, these three new employees you have, uh, who have sort of like... They're definitely contractors. Um, they're not necessarily a permanent employee of yours. Um, so you can have formed whatever opinion you have, their value and their nature to you. But you guys have sort of reached a standard um, uh, a standard status quo of relationship. And you guys are slipping in between 
um, bustling people. And as, as always with Port Resplendent, one of the most diverse places in the world, if not the, um, a myriad, a sea of people are, um, I mean, various different races. And um, I mean, the, the, the people all along the decks um, represent just sort of every different walk of life. And so usually um, uh, a fairy flying around with an elf would, would draw a ton of attention and be the talk of the town. But um, uh, here, while it's a bit of an oddity, it's not it's not necessarily stopping life, and you guys are just slipping back and forth. These silver scale soldiers, the armed enforcement of the city, um, are sort of perusing the deck, but they're not a, an oppressive military force. Just the guard of the city and a part of their armor. So um, they're um, they're like scaled, um, fish like design of their armor is gleaming in the midday light, and you guys are just walking around. It's fall in Porosponlisan, but it's still it's still pretty pleasant because Porosponlisan never gets truly difficult in weather at any time of the year. It's very pleasant all year round. And so you guys are just um, strolling down the decks here. Soon enough, you will leave um, the wood behind and you will reach the stone street with its many, um, with its wall of storefronts and businesses that expand out in front of the ocean and the whole city behind. I want to do something with the Tello that mm -hmm. I don't know, Zach, you can tell no, you can say no, but you know, some people collect stamps some people collect coins. He likes to connect, collect memories. Okay, cool. So when he, and not for like nefarious purposes, but just like, I don't know. I see him loving the people and the creatures of Yalabren, and um, he likes to understand them better. So he will walk around very frequently in cities or or like populated areas, just letting detect thoughts run. And um, oh, when he finds something, um, he doesn't even like focus on like people's names or who they are or like targeting. Like it's an area of effect of like 30 feet and he'll just like listen to the surface level thoughts. So the people don't realize he's doing it. He's not like delving into their consciousness. He's just hearing okay, the, the yeah. most important things to them at that moment as like they're pondering or the weight of their shoulders. And occasionally if something, someone has something awful going on he will do something to help, but more often than not, he, if you hear something very interesting, that's peculiar, he'll also cast in code thoughts and save a strand of it for him. Wow. This is just, you're just top tier role play out of the bat. Okay. Um, yeah. So do you sort of like expand your mind outward and, yeah. and let that process begin? As okay. we're walking through the city streets, it's beautiful out there. There's so many people around. It's been a little bit getting back from the wilderness. Um, it's just nice to be around civilization again. He just wants to hear the voices of the people. Okay. Um, Telege, as you and Katinka stroll the streets, um, you let your mind expand outward and it can be a bit of a deluge, but you sort of like focus it on individual by individual as you pass around. And, um, you hear a myriad of things. Um, you hear, um, one sailor, sitting there um he's he's sort of like leaned up against a barrel he's a wharf a rough dwarven character and he's sort of wringing hands that are um uh sort of tinged red at their edges clearly he's just been working with rope and they're slightly burned and you just hear him thinking um they would never appreciate their work if they did not have me around to do it least <laughs> <laughs> payday is at the end of the week and um you uh your mind spans over to um uh, a mother is walking with two children. Um, she is a uh, lizard folk, and um, one child is a smaller lizard folk with very similar features. And um, 
and uh, physical demeanor, but another is a halfling, like a little tiny halfling kiddo who's tiny compared to the lizard folk and is riding around on the, his, the lizard folk sibling. So you might assume that like maybe the halfling is adopted and um, the two children are um, running circles around their mother. Uh, or rather, like the lizard folk child has the other child on their back, the smaller, like literally younger and smaller by race. And so um, the older child is doing laps and they're both singing a song in a language you don't recognize. It sort of goes as they run around and um, you can hear uh, in the children's head, it's the exact same thing. There's no difference from what's coming out of their mouth <laughs> and their mind. But the mother is just thinking, um, just just two more hours and we get to the hotel. It's not going to be long. Um, and uh, it, it's just a, a sea of life and thoughts. Um, roll a... D100 for me. Oh, and wow. if you get within, if you get within um, 20 of the number 15, something mildly interesting will happen. If you get within five of the number 15, something intensely interesting will happen. Oh no. Okay. <clears throat> Micah, do you want to roll one for fun? Oh, sure. We can I both roll not. a D100. Okay. That was that was cocked. That was 40. All good. Oh, I got a seven and a 40. So 47. Okay. So no. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Hey. <laughs> Most of the yeah, time, just um, gonna be regular people saying stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's just you're walking through what the is, throng. What is Katinka thinking? Up. Oh, what is Katinka <laughs> thinking? <laughs> um, uh, Katinka level. <clears throat> she, you just hear in her brain like, "Don't look at the shiny. Don't look at the shiny. Don't look at the shiny. Don't look at the shiny. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't look at the shiny." <laughs> because she's got. An obsession with shiny things, and it's very hard not to steal things when they're shiny. Okay, I cast in code thoughts that I I pull a string, okay. like a shining string, out of the, a piece of copper wire. Like I like like pull it to my head and like pull oh, it away, cool. and I like uh put it in my pack. Or I feel like I might have I don't know what like it's delicate. Maybe you have like a small wooden box, yeah, and they're just filled with little copper wires, and you are constantly adding to them. Yeah, which is really wonderful. Um, and I'm actually just going to make a little note about that. Right. Cool. Because in codes, thoughts and copper wires, because that's the no, coolest thing ever. Landed. I, I guess it could oh. be copper wire, but it, I think in code thought it, it, uh, like it, it generates a thought strand, like an item, like a, like a f manifestation of magic. It could be copper wire, but I just worry about acquiring material. Like if we're in the middle of nowhere, I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, how about, I don't know. How about, how about, um, you always have the strand forever, like practically functionally. And just for the sake of flavor, we'll say that you have them in copper wires. And we're not going to worry too hard about that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tax you on all your, all your materials, but never that one. Okay. And you just have a wooden <laughs> box um, and have as many as you like. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yay. Uh, because <laughs> that's just fun role play. That's just sweet. Um, also, Micah, mm -hmm. I think I would learn, but I took a drink of tea right when you said don't look at the shiny don't look at the shiny and a little bit of it came out of my nose <laughs> I'm so sorry um, <laughs> so obviously inspiration on Katinka oh okay <laughs> don't look at the shiny don't that look at the shiny don't look at the shiny <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting but it wasn't that um and so a a fairy and a uh, elven man are just uh and a wood elf are are uh, oh no is Teller J wood elf or not I can't remember something. he's wood elf yes okay um and so you guys are just walking through the streets of Port Wesley Song um where are you guys headed and what do you do? Um, when we when we left the boat, I mean, obviously, I think we would have had a plan together of what we were mm -hmm. doing and where we were going. And the goal would have been to, one, go shopping for things, 
and which is what I think Katinka wants to do. Oh yeah. And two, go to the uh, magical learning institute that I'm familiar with. That is in Magic Lane, right? Yes. Um, okay. So, the uh, courageous core is not the accidental adventures. We can be a little more flexible with it. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so Landon and I decided on a tactical and um, uh, realistic number for Telege to have earned months ago, and then I think neither of us wrote it down. Um, so nope. I'm just gonna. Uh, let's just, let's, 10,000, 11,000. Let's get insane with this. Let's get insane. Oh with no. This. You've oh, earned no. a good amount from your last job, but we've established that the courageous core is something you've made, um, after years and years and years of careful saving. I mean, this is your company you're building. Um, so I'm just going to have you guys roll a D 100 again. Oh no. Micah. And do better this time. whatever you Me? roll, <laughs> you multiply by a hundred and that's how much gold you have. Okay. You ready, Micah? Yep. Three, two, one, and rolling. 90 and... Cut you a natural one. <laughs> a 90 and a one. So that's 91. That's, about, that's pretty dang good. That's literally almost as good as it could be. Okay. Teloje, in your total saved fund for your company, you have 9,100 gold, oh which gosh. is a lot. Um, we'll say You're like welcome. a thousand was from the last And you can choose... How much of that you're keeping on your person? Um, All of it. Where you might, where you might uh, keep the rest of the sum, and how you might distribute that to your staff. That's I would have paid yours. equal amounts of the gold to everybody that was on the last job. Okay. So that, how much would you have paid? Uh, so there was four of us, right? Me, Katinka, mm -hmm. Roe, and Argyle. So each of us would have gotten two fifty. So okay. nine ninety one hundred minus seven fifty is how much I have on okay. me. And then Katinka has 250 plus whatever she had on before. That makes sense, right? I think that makes a ton of sense. So then Telojay, how much do you have total? I, oh, accountant. I have calculators. I usually do this. Uh, so 9,100 minus 200, that's 8,900 minus 50. That's 8,750. Landon's showing off that he's an accountant. Wait, wait, no, it's minus 750 because I because I keep 250. Okay, sorry. My bad. My bad, everybody. All that right, so it's 8,350. 8,350. Yeah. You said the first one, and I was like, makes sense to me. I love uh, your trust. So... Would you, <laughs> it's, it's big. Would you have um, all of that on you? Would you have somewhere that you kept some separate amount of it? How would you handle that? Uh, if we were going into the city, I would have some of it with me. I would have all of it with me, actually. Okay, alrighty. So he doesn't that is the banks. amount you have. <laughs> you know, honestly, at this time in history with his background kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, okay, so you, you have that amount of funds and so you guys are fully able to go shopping. Um, to go to Magic Lane in whatever order you might do some of that business. You would be aware that um, Port Splendid Saw is organized sort of into districts. So there are housing districts, um, industrial districts, financial districts, market districts, um, all sorts of different sections to the city, even some sort of like political housings. Um, and so you could head to, easy, to those easily enough because as we've established, Taylor J is well-traveled and familiar with, uh, with at, at least this large city. Okay. Taylor J, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? So I've I've never been here before, but I, I do know that there's um a madam on Magic Lane that I've heard about and I was wondering if she was worth checking out or even um just looking and seeing but I don't know what she would want to do. Telejay knows exactly what this is. He is very familiar with 
Argyle. Magic <laughs> Argyle mentioned her. <laughs> All things flow from Argyle. Um, um, I have no idea why Katinka would know that, and I could not be more here for the chaos. So absolutely. She's heard rumor. Um, and also, I, I kid you not, as you said, that insane piece of idea, I, there's this large green strip in front of my apartment over the wall, and I just looked out into it, and I am not kidding you. A raccoon walked in between some trees, and I was like, if that's not a sign, mm, raccoon. But yes, Katinka, you know all about Madame Miscore, and yeah. you are interested in checking. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I would love to do competing checks to see if Katinka can persuade Tello to do it. DM yourself, my man. Let's let's do this. What is the opposed... Uh, what would the opposed check be? I guess what's common I mean, sense. Yeah. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> mate, let's do it. <laughs> let's do a persuasion check versus a general wisdom check. Okay. <laughs> I have pretty good wisdom. Oh no. Right. So it it would be persuasion <clears throat> for me. Yeah, I rolled a sixteen. She got a seventeen. Okay. No, I seventeen plus three. Oh, that's so, a, you have a plus three to persuasion. Yeah. Do you not remember Katinka's completely like OP just by accident? So to be fair, she is not okay. I lost, but she has not convinced me to go to Madame Score and sell her my soul. She just said, "Let's go check this out." Yeah. Oh yeah. So so as you guys are walking, well, okay. You've heard mixed things about Madame but like, I mean, you know, you've never been. No. And you really can't you can't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Even when that cover is is human skin. So you just you you might need to go take a look. Reduce, reuse, recycle, am I right, ladies? Yeah. Um <laughs> Gaslight Gatekeep and Grow Boss. <laughs> wow. That okay, that was good. Oh man. Okay, here's what yeah, he's so, interested in. He's more interested in the skeletal monkey that's in the front, if if that exists, and he knows about it. Okay, so are we just uh, are we just fast traveling straight there? I would love to go to the entrance of Magic Lane and like see like, you know. Okay, so this is just because we already went through in the accidental adventures, but I would love to go and enter through the same street and have a description of Magic Lane from that same spot, <laughs> but now. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, we can absolutely do that. Uh, Depending on what you want to do. I'm making some you're the boss. about music quickly. And Zach, uh, I mean, we're having fun on a Saturday morning. We're just doing our thing. I have a request. Um, mm -hmm. No. On top of all of the other requests that we have, um, <laughs> dance to your boy, dance. Um, no, but I was wondering if there's anything specifically like very shiny that you know would be there. I, If you could point it out to me. She's just like, a very give shiny. me just, a reason. Give me a reason to go so inside. Just so she could, because she would notice it. What are we doing? Um, Why are we doing this again? I don't, hey, let's do it, dude. Let's do it. This um, is not good. Uh, <laughs> just roll, roll, in, roll in odds or evens for me, Michael. Okay. Michael. Um, odds. 16. Oh, dang it. So we'll see what that means in time. Okay. I've made a mental note for myself about what that means. Uh, Good for you. So, yes, uh, Katinka and Tello, um, you guys walk for a couple hours through Porus when they saw you pass um, a myriad of beautiful scents of food being prepared. Um, you pass by uh, just just a whole 
teeming city. It's wonderful and incredible. Um, buildings stretch and loom over you like the taller residents who walk by and the street um, ambles and rises and falls with the slight changes of topography in the city. Um, large vehicles go rolling by, um, pulled by powerful creatures. And uh, you are just two in, in a forest of uh, humanity and uh, other stuff. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to cut that. I like that I couldn't come up with a descriptor there. But eventually, <laughs> you make your way to the historic Magic Lane, which you have ventured to, we'll say once or twice in the past, Tyler Jack. Um, you guys arrive at the tall sign um, with its ornate uh, carvings that sort of hangs from its signpost, softly moving back and forth in the breeze, and has a lovely script written, first in Unsinian and then in common, Magic Lane. And... Um, as you guys walk, look down the street, it is, um, it is at this time in history, Teloge, uh, it's a developing part of the city. So there are buildings here um, that are long held institutions of Port Espanisa, um, buildings that are um, important structures in uh, the history of many people and their stories through Yalabrin. And so things like Bidok's Arcane Academy have existed for quite some time now. Um, but there are other buildings that are starting to populate this street. And it is just recently in the last couple of years that it has come to be dubbed Magic Lane. Because originally it was just a part of the market district of the city that held a couple of really high-end um, storefronts along with, oh my goodness, I'm looking at a red-headed woodpecker. Focus, Zach. Focus. <laughs> bird! What a cool bird. Okay, focus, Zach. Um, oh, that's so cool. Uh, Wow, uh, all I can think now is redheaded woodpecker. Oh my goodness, guys. It's doing its characteristic behaviors. Okay, focus <laughs> that. Um, and uh, interestingly, what's happening is that a lot of the people with um, like sort of vested um, interest in magical business throughout the city are um, starting to congregate to the street and build their businesses there specifically. Um, so there are a lot of storefronts that are moving their locations with non-magical businesses to other parts of the city and a lot of businesses that um, have magical interests that are moving in. Uh, on the first building on the corner, there is um, a, uh, actually there's like a um, paper production business on the second floor of the first building to your left. Um, it has just sort of like some scrawled inlaid text in the stone above the second level um, that just describes it as such. But it doesn't give a lot of more detail to that. You get the feeling that they sort of like privately sell to um, businesses who, who offer their services. Like sort of like a, it's not one of those businesses that has a storefront welcoming you. And there's not even actually an entrance on the first floor. Um, you would have to know where it is somewhere in the connecting buildings and you'd have to get up to the second floor. But below that business, there was a bakery. And um, the sign for the bakery is being taken as, as like, there's clearly where a sign has been removed and you assume another sign will soon be put in, but there's a long L-shaped desk and clearly what were like many cooking spaces, open counters. And you can just see um, like, even from a distance, there are like dust lines that surrounded what once once have been like stoves or um, like sort of display cases. And um, like the wood is less sun bleached in those spots. And um, instead, like barrels have been put in there and their hooks currently being like sort of like screwed into the ceiling. And um, it's like sort of like a gruff um, mixed uh, assemblage of employees working there. There's some orcs, some goblins, a really rough looking uh, human woman. And um, it just says in, in dark paint where the old sign has gone in supposedly a new and will eventually go Little John's. Uh, and then Aww. in parentheses under it, parts and um 
there is a uh, there is a short sort of like a squat fellow with a tuft of beard and an eye patch over one eye. He's got some scars on his face. He's a little a little halfling dude, and um, he's standing up on a block in the shop and he's just shouting out orders and he's going, um, yeah, "Put the tentacles in the other barrel. Be sure that they don't contaminate with the scales. Keep them apart." We will have this going in no time. Uh, and he's doing like aggressive snaps. He's a weird little dude. He's got a uh, leather smock on in front of him stained with stuff. Um, down the way, um, there is a shop for um, a magical cupcake shop. Um, like sort of way on down, tucked in this tiny little building um, that's sort of snug in between like a very large white marble building called the Jolie Clé. Um, you're not exactly sure what that might be, but it's, it's, it's sort of like this perfectly squared. Um, it's almost kind of got like that you know that avant-garde minimalistic style that like comes with like really wealthy businesses where it's like it doesn't actually look good, but it's so different that it's like it must be wealthy. Yeah. That describes Le Jolie Clay. Um, it's full of very simple like geometries, very bare and um and minimalistic. And next to it is this tiny, like quaint little shop with um green shingles uh and like um wooden walls that are painted with sprite blue paint and um it sort of looks like it's undergoing construction, like it's not fully completed, but it's really cutesy and it has a bright red door. It's going for every color. It's just trying to pop out at you. Um, further up the street, there's a red stained pine wood shop. Uh, it's two stories tall um, and it has uh, hanging from it. Um, there's a really cool sign hanging where um, it is of a chair. And uh, the way they have done the sign is they have literally built part of the front of a chair to come out from the front of the sign and then painted the rest of the back into it in the sign behind that. And it has like sort of like a green gilded leafing around it. And um, it says vestibules of ethnoc. And you get the feeling that it's like a, like a, uh, a fine um, interior fixtures and, and um, uh, furniture shop. It, you can't tell whether or not it's terribly magical. So maybe this is like one of the vestiges of a business that is still remaining here. Um, but of note, further down the street, there is a tall, decrepit looking building that is just sort of squeezed in between two others. Looks like, how does it even fit in there? Um, there are no windows. There is a door, a barrel in front of it, um, a thatch, messy roof, um, and walls that seem to have weathered ages illogically old for the good condition of the rest of the street it's just sort of squeezed in between two buildings it's a haunting atmosphere and further down the street um sort of a good ways down taking up almost a whole block itself um half a block uh Telegier, you recognize easily enough um Bidoc's arcane academy further down the street um and we'll get to its description more in a bit i assume but um there is the very large uh, magical institution of learning for students um of many diverse backgrounds and uh, it is further down the street in the lane and it's sort of the main attraction to which these other businesses are slowly being collected and attracted oh so it's like the centerpiece yes nice beautiful i also um, hearing about monster parts i wanted to let you know um when the egg was dropped in the cave i did collect the dragon egg shells and like the remnants okay. of that uh, before we head back okay. to the ship so um do you do we have a recorded list of Telogé's magic items in yeah. this new sheet? I have Kimdry's pin and the Crystal of Arcane Sight, and I don't think I had any new ones since the last. Uh, okay, the last. Adventure. That makes sense. You don't have um, anything to carry those giant fragments, like oh. sort of. Now that doesn't mean you can't have. Them. Oh, I don't have them now. Means... They're back at the ship. Well, I would have taken they a small be... piece. Okay, so a couple of important notes. A couple of important notes. One, 
you all contracted a ship just to bring you up here. You do not currently possess a ship. So oh, you're right. We're not going to worry too hard about the details of how Argyle and Ravina have smuggled the dragon and dragon's egg, but they're hiding somewhere in the city. We'll say that you guys are pinned up in a small motel that asked very few questions. And, um, uh, but you guys can have the dragon shell fragments with you. It just needs to be in a big bag, a big sack. But you do have a fairy with you who defies the laws of physics and could easily be carrying that. So well, you just have to be in a big sack if you have it. I imagine it. Well, it's not like one big piece, but pieces as it hit sure, the stone. So I probably yeah. would have taken a, like a fragment, maybe like the size of my hand, if there was okay. one. Yeah. Instead of Did all you leave of them. the rest. Yeah, I left the rest in the bat in the sack with Argyle and uh, Ro. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So then that can that can Ravina, be, yeah that I mean. can totally uh, that can totally I mean it's gonna throw me for a while too uh, that can totally be in your inventory so you can have that on your hand. Okay. Um, and as you guys take in all these streets and there's so much to engage with, uh, and the descriptions should probably stop there. Um, I want you to roll for shiny again, Katinka. Oh, no. And I'm just gonna make this a mechanic all day. There's just gonna be a shiny roll. So what? It's like 13, but what do I? What is? Uh, yes, odds or evens. I don't know why I uh, I roll. Wow, I'm bad at this. Okay, <laughs> odds or evens on the shiny roll, and I'm okay. gonna roll. I'll do uh, evens. Nothing shiny catching you at the moment. Dang it. Yeah. But you guys are on Magic Lane, and you have arrived. Katinka, the place is wondrous and fascinating. This place is wondrous and fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, I thought we had said that Tello had studied at that institute. So he, yeah. So yeah. this is a place he's been to more than once or twice. This is a place that he's um, like... Essentially, he has to have been. Uh, what I said previously makes absolutely no sense. No sense. You have to have spent literally years here. So my previous statement makes no sense at all. You are completely correct. All right. At what point has has Madame Eastcore's shop always been there, or did it just appear always. recently? It's always, always been there, and it would have been a place laced in rumors for you. Um, it would have been a place that some people told you that there were. That's where like real wizards and casters went. But then you heard other people say that it's terribly dangerous and you should never go there. And um, there were strong insinuations and uh, rebukes from your professors and teachers not to go visit it. Um, they were never too specific why. One professor even admitted to you that they were only working off of rumor that they had heard, but that everyone was cautioned not to go there. But did I do I know anybody that has been there? Not personally. Okay. <laughs> Katinka. Yes. I need you to understand that. Everybody that I respected in my life has told me not to go into that shop. Hmm. What if we just looked in the windows? I mean, in what if we opened... Inca says, pointing at the building without windows. <laughs> oh, right. <clears throat> yeah. But what if we just opened the door and peeked in just for a I second? I think... I don't... What if we just took a... What if we just took a mental picture? How, what if... I mean, you can go in if you want to i may just hang out outside if you need help yell but like i don't want to go there without you don't you have to go to that magic academy yeah educational place yeah let's go do you want to go there or do i see the skeletal monkey at the front sitting on front of in front of a barrel is a tiny monkey skeleton um, it lacks flesh or skin. It's just a perfectly preserved bone white skeleton of a monkey. Um, 
pronounced fangs, tiny little manipulative hands, the bones held together by some unclear magic, and there are tiny little purple flames alight in the holes of its eyes and its skull. It's just sort of sitting there, um, speaking to people as they pass by on the, on the street, attempting to entreat them to enter the shop. And uh, do you guys approach the shop at any point, or are you speaking at this at a distance? Uh, what if we just went and said hi to the monkey? Um, I don't know what creature that is. I'm just assuming that's what it's called. Okay. <laughs> Tajay, uh, I really okay. don't want to pressure you into something that you don't want to do. However, I am pressuring you into something you don't want to do. <laughs> I suppose saying hi to the monkey can't be that bad. <laughs> and then we can go visit your academy and I can meet all your, your friends and um, professors. I don't know what they're called, but we'll get there. Okay, one step at a time. <laughs> I am I'm not going to get tired of the whole, like, Micah saying knowledge she knows Katinka wouldn't know and then going, but I don't know that. Like, that's really <laughs> fun. The best kind of metagaming there is. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we walk so to the front of the up. shop. Oh, my gosh. There's this, there's this little monkey skeleton, its knees pulled up to its chest. It's, like, sitting awkwardly with its tail pulled around it. And as you all walk up, it goes, um, Hello. Welcome to Madame Misko's Magical Menagerie. I direct you detect thoughts. Him? Oh, sorry. I thought... Um, no, you're good. You're good. You cast detect thoughts. No, it's still there. I just am now concentrating it on the oh. monkey. Okay. How long does the spell last? Oh, did we walk for hours, you said? Yeah. You oh, I would, need to to read. I would need to read. But you can recast. Just another expenditure of spell slot. So I recast it. Okay, you recast it, and as you focus on the uh, creature, um, there is no saving. It doesn't... Well, the, first of all, I forget there's no saving throw for the initial part. Um, static. Just like... And it's head. The lights are on, but, but it no goes, one's um, home. <laughs> Sorry. Dang, Micah, you're on it today. It takes its skeletal hand and it rubs the wooden door behind it and it says, Would you all like to enter? We have all for which you might look. I, I push farther farther into its head. Okay. Um what that's an intelligence saving throw? Uh, just some one interesting sounds. I feel, fairly, <laughs> I feel fairly calm confident that it's intelligence. Okay, let me let me let me double check real quick. Do the double check. Thoughts is in the player's handbook, right? Um it's in a book. Yes, it is. Uh, it is intelligence. An intelligence yes. Mm. Okay. Um, no, no, well, no, wisdom saving I'm throw. Zach. My bad. You must make a wisdom saving throw. How on earth is that? Wizards, why are you so obsessed with wisdom saving throws? That's the perfect time for an intelligence saving throw. Well, it doesn't matter. It fails. I rolled terribly. Um, so as you pierce further into its mind. Oh, oh, here's um, what it, can I read the specific description of what it does yeah, yeah. real quick? Um, if it fails, you gain insight into its reasoning, its emotional state, and something that looms large in its mind. If it succeeds, the spell ends. Either way, the target knows that you're probing into its mind. Okay. So, as you pierce inward to Leger, um, you expect to have the spell function as it has a thousand times. Um, but instead, you get the sensation of peering into an empty box, of looking into something hollow, and instead you you encounter the consciousness of a different creature. Um, so we're going to make a saving throw for that. What's your spell save, DC? Spell save. 
I guess I probably need to get the character sheet up. A 14. Okay. Um, it this uh this second creature uh most certainly succeeds against your saving throw. And um there's just sort of like a strange, wizened, almost sort of faux friendly voice that peers into your head and just goes, um, if you're interested in the shop, sweetie, just come in. Okay. And I like, like whip away the voice, like we're not going in okay. there. And, uh, he, yes. <laughs> Doesn't it look like he's trying to poop? <laughs> what? <laughs> the monkey? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, Micah? He's a skeletal form. There's no organs. <laughs> I mean, he's squatting, I guess. And um, the monkey turns in. You know what? Actually, let's let's make this interesting. What spells do we have here? Um, Katinka, could yeah. I get a wisdom saving throw? Does it cast a spell on her? You don't see anything from the monkey. Does it do it with subtle spell? You don't see anything from the monkey in front of you. Which is really weird. Oh, that's a nine. It's so great. Okay. You get the feeling for a moment that something is thumbing around in your head. And then the monkey turns to you and goes, We have many shinies inside. Would you like to go see inside? Best shinies in the city. So many good ones. Best shinies. Hello, shinies. Chinese. Katinka, if you want to go in there, you have to go in there by yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would not recommend it. Can I tell the spell's been cast on her or no? Make an arcana check. Actually, make a general you can just make a general intelligence check, whichever you prefer. Uh it's to a 14. Put together. Um yeah, it's not a high DC. That for some reason this monkey creature you're willing to bet connected to whatever that voice behind it was. That voice has probably from somewhere cast a spell on your friend and oh. has read her mind, kind of done the opposite back and has put together that she's interested in shiny objects. Katinka, I think I think that they're reading your mind right now. I think if you that go in there, it will not be good for you. Shiny doesn't mean we don't have good shiny. I don't I'm trust the monkey. Don't trust a monkey. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, All right, let's go. Sort of I start walking Katinka, away. like, is sweating profusely. Okay. But um, she your, walks uh, away. Your sweat, your sweat is, like, sparkly. And, like, as it, like, lands on the street, like, little, like, bits of glitter just sort of, like, pfft, land there. And I'd like to say that she has constant supply of glitter in her pockets, I would say. I think we've discussed that before. Her hand is in her pocket and she's just, like, feeling glitter, like, obsessively <laughs> trying to, like, ease the urge to go in there <clears throat> okay so the two of you all move away I, from madame misco i like yep. hand her like my pendant of arcane sight and like here hold this for a little bit you did not expect her to go and grab that that quickly she grabs <laughs> it and she's just like starts it away um uh and it is uh the the pendant is now covered in glitter because her hands are covered in glitter um, just a trail of glitter wherever katinka goes <laughs> i think i should have my notes <laughs> you guys have pulled yourselves away from Madame Discourse. Where are you headed now? Uh, I'm heading. Is there like another like shop that looks like a like 
classic, oh, there's the Magicka shop. Or is there, or is it still? Um, Ma- Magic Lane is a bit more known for sort of like standout, large, significant businesses. Um, it's a place, it's, it's increased competition, has um, sort of bred an environment where uh, it's the more pronounced or more niche individualized shops that um sort of adorn it you are aware that there is there is a general goods like a, a general sale magic shop which is literally clay but you're aware that it's very high end so you could go there um but uh let's say you know what odds are evens odd uh, evens tello's an even guy boss is an odds guy three um oh, no. a general shop not yet made its way to the <laughs> to the street it's probably one further out all right well, but you are aware that there's a very high end Lijoli Clay, um, as well as, um, no, at this time, that'd be all there is. I want to go there. You get a strange feeling that 200 years in the future, there would have been a lot of shops well set, well suited to that, but oh well. I want to go to Lijoli Clay. Okay. Wait, Alrighty. wait, wait. That, is that a magic? Was that the bakery you said? It looked like a bakery? No, that's the uh, cake. The bakery is untitled. It looks like a business currently being put up. Oh, okay. You can smell confection from near it. Okay. Well, I want to go to La Jolie Clay. Do you want to make a quick stop, Katinka? I want to look at some nice things. Just get me out of here. All right. All <laughs> right. Let's go. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so you all approach um, this sort of like extremely squared building, which is nothing but pure white marble. It's just a giant marble square. Um, it has uh, no display windows and beautifully inlaid into the stone in like like calligraphy text that um has been uh there's gold leaf pressed into the carving in the wall it says le jolie clé and um <clears throat> you speak uh uncinian correct Telege? um yes yes i do is that on your, it is on, on my sheet? sheet yes it is okay <laughs> just the um yes yes i do okay uh, <laughs> And he's notes what this translates to. So he's going to type it into um oh uh it's it's the lovely key uh is what it's titled to. You get the connotation it's supposed to be something like you know the key to what you're looking for or something. Oh wow. Uh, and uh as you all approach there are these massive slabbed doors of marble that should um weigh a great deal but there's two like sort of hand imprints like carved into the stone where you assume you're supposed to push on them to open them i i reach up katinka do you want to do the honors you're stronger than i am yeah absolutely no wait yeah absolutely i got to remember the accent okay i push on the doors (laughs) okay so as you push the doors open they're surprisingly light they must be enchanted and they just (gasps) and before you lies a pristine space um it looks like the space where every special agent gears up in every spy movie. It's just inexplicably <laughs> white and clean. And uh, it's all marble. And um, the room is filled with marble pillars, um, like sort of each two or three feet high. And on the pillars, on each pillar rests like a single item. So this shop only appears to hold like 10 items at a time. Uh very like bougie, very like, you know, a Gucci store that only has a couple things in it. I assume because I've never been to one. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, if I was wrong about the Gucci stores, then get on it, Gucci. Um, and uh, 
as you guys walk in, there are pale orbs of floating. There are no windows in the space, um, but there are little pale orbs of light that are floating around the space, casting beautiful white light all over it. And um, there's a stone counter at one side, um, two uh, uh, marble doors on either side, these thinner, and they're actually just sort of marble frames with like a deep, pale, like sort of frosted, opaque glass um, over them and handles that must lead to other spaces. And um, as you all enter, there's like a tune reaches, uh, rings out, and one of the doors at the back of the space. And a, um, uh, a dwarven, a very young dwarven fellow, um, he has uh, this like blonde, twisted mustache, a monocle in one eye. He's got this um, dark gray vest on over this white linen shirt that sort of frills out into um, this like splayed design of its collars. He has a couple of silver rings and a gold ring on the other hand. Um, he has sort of like a, a squared common face and uh, he has this long golden hair that's pulled into many fine locks um, studded with adornments. And he walks out and he says, um, Good afternoon. I am Armand de Mure. How can I welcome you to Leisurely Clay? And for what might I help you search today? Uh, hello, um, I'm Katinka and this is... I'm Tello. And we, yeah, we were we uh, we were just curious what um kind of items that you had. We are, he's not new, I am new, and we were just curious about your shop. Well, please feel free to peruse my collection. Let me know if any item uh, catches your fancy, or if I might be helpful in locating any such a thing. And then he goes and grabs the dungeon master's guide real quickly. Oh, wow, okay. he has that. That's crazy. Landon, you want to know something? What? I thought this was a bakery. I thought it was a bakery too. I thought it's all the clears. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was a bakery. <laughs> Sinclair's. Like. Oh, Sinclair's. I thought it was Eclairs. I thought it's all the clears. So there are items all around the space. Um, there are, well, a handful of items around the space. Um, there are um, some weapons, some jewelry, some clothes. Um, uh, there are, well, there's some weapons, some jewelry, some clothes, uh, a little bit of armor. And um, there is one other, like a sort of like tomes section, very small. Uh, again, there's only like uh, a handful of pedestals around the room. So each item stands very on its own, extremely self-presented. And the other really interesting thing is that the right wall has um, sort of like shelves and going up and down. One of the things, if, if the um, high repute and selective quality of this shop doesn't separate it itself, another, um, uh, another feature that must make it stand out is that one wall is covered in prosthetic limbs um, made of fine like metals um, that are covered in glyphs and sort of like finely designed so that if you were looking for a magical prosthetic limb, you could probably come and purchase one. Is there but, a uh, is there any? <laughs> Sorry? Is there a dwarf beard? <laughs> a prosthetic beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got Michael one of those for Christmas. But, um, I got one of those for Christmas. Uh, oh, I, that's right. That's right. You got it. Um, um, so, I, yeah, never mind. Um, so uh, I have a question for you. Absolutely, madam. I see that you have absolutely. some some clothing and i was i was just curious if you had any um women's clothing that had um glitter in embedded into the fabric well 
and he um, walks you over to uh, to the um, to the clothes. One of the objects objects you look at um, is uh, it's like sort of a long dark purple cloak, um, or sort of like a burgundy color, and it has a large hood, long arms. Um, uh, it's just long and heavy and large, and it is covered in eyes. Um, in incredible detail stitched into the fabric. They look so lifelike. Are just hundreds of eyes. Um, and he um, he tells clothing. you... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, tells you that uh, this, uh, this item can be used... You can, you can make it uh, create light or other visual effects, and um, it basically makes it uh, harder for other creatures to attack you while you're wearing mm. it. Um, he also shows you, you know what, Micah, I have yeah. one item planned here, but I'm feeling crazy as far as uh, sparkling things go. I don't know, I'm just feeling nuts today. So let's just keep going on the crazy route. Um, give me another D100 roll. And if you get within okay. within 13 of the number what? 48. These two? Okay, that's a 50 and that's an 8. That's 58. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, uh, the other <laughs> item is uh, a boring robe uh, that looks like it belongs to a caster. And when he sees you look crestfallen and, and disinterested, he says, you know, I was recently given the strangest item which might suit you. And he leads you over to a different wall filled with weapons. And uh, you see um, intimidating, uh, interesting, magical-looking weapons. But he doesn't show you any of those. He leads you to a cudgel. Um, a cudgel is a, uh, it's a... It's essentially a stick you hit people with. That is what a cudgel is. It's like, it's like a baton, like a, a police punk. baton. It's sort of like um, anywhere between a foot to two feet long. It tends to be kind of thick, and it's just like a tube, a cylinder with which you hit people. Um, typically, they're studded at one end with a handle at the other. But the one he shows you is um, it is a very light metal, uh, metallic color, sort of like a silvery, ironish hue. And at one end, um, there is sort of like bright blue cord uh, wrapped around it, which would look fragile. But it um, there's a circular um, loop at the bottom of its its pommel, and the cord loops in around that and all around, and that must be the handle. And then up the tube, um, there are four sort of like metal cylinders, um, and then a circular top. And uh, so it, it looks kind of hollow at its top. Um, and you feel like you know it's a metal thing; you could hit people with it. But floating all in that space are sort of like little sparkling colors and um, like moving up and down. And he says, um, this was sold to me from a most strange source. Uh, it is said, rumored to have been made by the great wizard long past Nifty, but you know, those rumors are dependable or not. Um, I am looking to rename it something more reputable, but the individual who sold it to me told me that it was called the Bonk Stick, but I don't know if that is a name I will allow to stick around for as long. Um, the important takeaway is that this instrument um, is capable of striking other people with effective force and also creates visual effects upon such a strike. Sir, you have just blessed my eyes. 
how much for this box stick? Well, its effects are impressive. It is a myriad item. I would take 3,000 gold for it. Do you mind if I pick it up? You may handle the item. Certainly, oh. sir. All right. I, um, you take off the wall. I, um, I, how heavy is it, Zachary? It's, it's got weight to it, but it's not that bad. It's kind of like holding a hammer. There's something that I wanted to do when I walked into the space and we kind of went so fast that I, I couldn't do it. Um, I, just threw, I threw it at y'all pretty fast. Um, I wanted to cast distort value on my cloak when we were in the space. Okay. When like we entered in. Okay. Um, how, what's the casting time on that? It's immediate. Oh, it's a minute. Okay. Oh my gosh. No, it's not. Oh, hey, never mind. Uh, I was going to say you had a moment before you walked into the room, but if it's that long of a casting time. Yeah, never mind. But I'll tell you what. I don't know. It's a little retroactive, but I believe you that you intended it. Um, it's the sort of I've thing had you could it, have easily I've done. had it pulled up on the phone for like 10 minutes. I yeah, just... No, I, I fully believe you. You know what? It's something you could have easily done before you walked into the shop. Yeah. Yeah, you can have you can have cast distort value just on on the robe you're wearing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can have cast that. Okay. Did anything happen? Um. Well, you and I know distort value by heart, but just for Micah's education, what do the details of distort value say? It is a verbal only spell. Okay. And I can either increase or decrease an object's value by half. With the help of illusion, illusionary dents, scratches, or flourishes. And anyone examining the object must roll an investigation check against my spell DC. Okay. Is is your cloak already magical? No. Okay. So if you can increase its value by half, you can make it look like a very fine cloak, if that's worth it, if that's what you're going for. Yeah. Um, so yes, um, your uh your tawdry common traveler's cloak. Um now looks like it's a finer pressed leather and it has some silk gilding along its collar and it, it looks quite nice. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm looking at the stick. Okay, so now I'm looking okay. at the stick in my fancy clothes and it lasts yeah, for eight hours, by the way. So for the next eight hours, Wait. I got the fancy clothes. Um, you thought I was going to try and steal. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> No, I just want to feel nice, okay? Um, so it's <laughs> so good, so valid. Tello just wants to look nice. Okay, that wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be. Anyways, I'm holding the bonk stick in my hands and I'm looking at it. And I, I'm look. I'm saying, I mean, could you dim if is the effect illusory in nature or does it have a purpose? It would require that I struck someone with it first, so. I wouldn't want to harm someone here. I I don't mind. <laughs> you can kidding. strike a tinker. No, um, is Just there? You up on it. <laughs> Shouldn't you have like I don't know, like a like a fake body, like a like a like a um like a like shooting a, like range. a pillow or like you know. That's weird. And he pulls the cudgel out of your. Hand and goes, please extend your arm. Okay, I hold my arm out. Oh, I, he was talking to Katinka. Oh, okay. you oh I'm sorry. I thought oh. he was talking to me. Um, well, could you be gentle? I, I don't. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So Katinka, you hold out just a shredded tiny arm. Like, <laughs> oh no no. Wait, did you? We established that your strength was extremely magical, right? You didn't want her to be jacked. I don't remember. Hmm. <laughs> I'm I really so don't cool. know. I'd say that like. Hmm. From like an angle, like it looks thin, and then when she like flexes, it's just like I don't know how to explain it. I don't. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem to intersect a lot with reality. So I no. It's Katinka. So yeah, sure. So you hold. Uh, uh, do you want me to run with it, or do you want to specify a little more? Um, I think I want to specify a little bit more. I'd say that like I wouldn't say that she's like jacked in the way that like is incredibly noticeable, but I just kind of want it to be like a like a toned yeah toned so katinka holds out so so even when you use a strength um of 20 which is the strongest a humanoid creature can possibly be um which by scaling up is basically like a, a regular sized person having a strength of 40 it still looks just kind of like that right i'm just checking yeah okay so you hold out a toned arm and uh sparkles just sort of like ding, 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 off of it as you hold out the arm and he goes, um, I would try to be gentle. And he like just picks up the cudgel and just whacks your arm. Um, so oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, I don't even think he would have a strength modifier. He's not a particularly strong person. Okay, you take three points of bludgeoning damage on your arm. Okay. Katinka. So it like it like smacks pretty hard and ooh, yeah, it smarts. Doesn't feel good. Um, and then uh the way this works, he should roll, but just for the fun of it, why don't you roll a d12 for me, Katinka? A d12, nice. That's a d12, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. That's a three. Okay. Now, I'm making this item up right now. So there's a lot about this um, I haven't uh, like corroborated yet, but <laughs> let's just say, let's... Give me an odds or evens, and we'll decide whether or not uh, what how how insane a three on the twelve table is. Because I'll give you okay. I'll give you stats for all of them later. I'll be I'll say it's an even. Okay. Um. Uh, so I rolled a nine. Oh. Dang it! So as you get smacked with the stick, well, you have inspiration, um, don't you? Can inspiration work with odds and evens? if you want to use it on that it's up to you yes absolutely okay, so okay. expend your oh, wait, I mean, whatever it was going to be absolutely um so do i do we just redo odds and evens okay so i'm, I'm gonna say evens 15 Dang uh, it. Uh, so as the stick smacks you like katinka there's like a like a sound and there's like a, a like a uh, a cloud of smoke and then as it pulls away from katinka katinka looks exactly like katinka only entirely illusory she has massive buck teeth like cartoonishly large that come that oh protrude gosh. from her upper lip like no human could ever have no no physical creature could have teeth that large here one eye is tiny and one eye is about like half her face um one eye is one ear is bright blue her left arm is just sparkling translucent colors in the shape of it. Um, one foot looks like it's the size of half of her and like it has about 13 toes. They're all just sort of <laughs> splayed out at weird angles. And um, the middle of her is um, constantly producing like just sort of like streams of pink smoke. 
so she looks wild. I don't think that really did anything. Oh my gosh. Okay, she lifts up her arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, does it have any it's bone? Also, it's it's better at hitting people. Oh, that's that's definitely so, helpful. What you guys can just know as players is that um, it's a plus one cudgel, which is just going to be treated like a club, and um, it is a magical weapon. So it's already a magical weapon that's plus one. That is a very good item, and then uh, it produces a series of illusory effects upon objects when it strikes them. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm, I mean, if we're gonna be traveling together for a long time, I want you to feel sparkly. Yeah, but three thousand gold. Also, as Katinka talks with this effect on her. Um, the voices, it has rapidly, wildly changed her voice. So Micah, just feel free to talk in the strangest voice you can muster while this effect is on you. Taylor, I... I just don't understand what we're going to do. If you can let it go for 2800 we'll take it. I really appreciate it. kind of... But like I said, I like the you're strangest, and you went with extremely southern person who's been hit in head. Um, give me a persuasion check. Hello, Jack. All right, that is a uh, seven. Did he roll something? He can roll on. A, I mean, it's just a DC against an NPC. Oh, okay, yeah, I rolled just, a seven. Um, so he sort of gives you a wry smile, and he says. Uh, sir, leisurely clay is not a place for bartering. Our prices are rather fixed. Perhaps if you bought another item, I could group them together. Ooh, a deal. I like deals. What else might you have interest in the shop? Uh, some clothes that are cool. All right. Um, I know mine are already I... pretty nice, but, you know, <laughs> got to have different Hello. things for different what days. The heck? Absolutely. And he treads across the shop and he leads you back over. He shows you that robe again, covered in eyes. Um, and then there, that second cloak Zach vaguely mentioned because he hadn't really planned on it. He shows you a robe covered in eyes. And he he describes that um, uh, the robe has three charges and it regains. This is on page 194 of the DMG. If you okay. have it next to you, it's fine. If you, um, the robe has three charges and it regains 1d3 expended charges each day at dawn. While you wear it, you can use an action and extend one charge to cause the garment to display a shifting pattern of dazzling hues until the end of your next turn. Oh, um, cost during this time. Yes. Okay. Uh, until the end of the next turn. During this time, the robe sheds bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light for an additional 30 feet. Creatures that can see you have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. In addition, any creature in the bright light that can see you when the DC when the robe's power is activated must succeed on a DC. 15 wisdom saving throw or become stunned until the effect ends. Okay, how much is this one? Um, he says, this item I could probably let go for a similar 3,500. Okay, well, how about with them both together we, we do 6,000? Make a persuasion check, boss. Okay. Also, every time I keep making these, like... Mm. It reminds me of the kind of funny. What's, what's the guy... That from uh uh the movie with the fashion guys you know like the blue something look oh uh zoolander's Zoolander. blue steel yes blue steel yeah. look that gives blue steel vibes okay come on tello let's go shopping that is a 15 <laughs> plus persuasion 
two. That is 17. Ooh, okay. He sort of makes a face and he says, Sorry, Zach burped into the mic. He doesn't do that. Well, I have had quite a bit of trouble getting rid of the bunk stick. Yes, I, I would take 6,000 gold for these items. Nice. Are you okay. interested in anything else from my shop? I think that's about it. I think I think that would be good for us. Well, I appreciate your time. And you may have a wonderful day. And Katinka, you can put the bonk stick in your inventory. Okay. Um, and Telogey, please put in your inventory the robe of eyes. So if you Google robe of eyes 5e, you'll find the details for that. And then uh, Katinka, I will make I will make a sheet for the bonk stick and I will get that to you later. Um, it does require attunement. How Both long the does the do the effects last of um how I'm supposed to talk? Sure. You're not oh, sure no. currently. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, okay. Everywhere you go, there is an intermittent sound of farts that is produced from you. <laughs> <laughs> As you fly around, you're like your wings, we talked previously about your wings, you're like a little ding 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 is there a smell or is that not present no 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 no. Okay. it's just sound okay. it is all illusory i guess smell could also be illusory okay. but yeah no 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 smell no smell Whew. so as you all take your items and leave the shop and uh pay the gold to armand demure um <laughs> katinka even a fairy in Port Spondi Sala is not that noticeable, but in your current state, <laughs> you are drawing the eye of every person who passes by. You get stares everywhere you go from everyone you move by. You are an attraction, even if some people like sort of shudder and look away, others look in, am in amazement and awe. How big so, is yeah. the bonk stick compared to me? In your hands, it's um, many items, well, so many magical items will change size mm -hmm. to fit the hands of those who wield them. So here is an option. It could shift to be six inches long and truly look like a <laughs> tiny little bonk for sticking. Or stick for bonking. Um, or you could let it continue to be a foot and a half. And it could just look like you have like, like a staff. Like an anime style gigantic <laughs> weapon. Um, it's just the size of you. Uh, so I'll let that be up to you. What does it shift size or oh, no? No. Uh, I wish I could choose like to let it be big or small, but because uh, I want to like hug it, like hold it as I'm like walking down, but it would be a pain in the butt to do combat with having it that big. I think it's going to show it oh. function the exact same. Oh, no, I want it to be huge. <laughs> okay. Um, Because okay. I, I want to hug it like, like a kid at like a state fair would do, you know, when he gets a stuffed animal mm -hmm. that he's won. That's that's the vibe. Can I have so my your, uh, amulet back now? Your amulet? Yeah, the one that I gave you for holding when you were wanting to go into the awful place. Wait, are we talking in character? Yes, we are. Okay, well, I have to talk differently. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> what did you say? LJ? Can I have my crystal back, please? <laughs> you had it. You gave me a crystal? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I remember now. <laughs> I hold my hand out. <laughs> I just have my eyes closed and I'm like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> she reaches in her 
bag or whatever she's got, and she pulls out the amulet and hands it back. Okay, I have yeah, my crystal bag. She pulls out an amulet that is the size of almost any other object in her bag. It's huge to her. She passes <laughs> it over. You can put it back on. Right. Also, remind me, Katika, what other weapons do you have on you? Okay, I've got a hand axe, a long sword, and a longbow. I'm imagining that like any of the huge items I have currently, yeah, but not with me. Can I leave? I've left some like with Ravina. Okay, which items have you left? I'll say I kept the smallest one, um, and I would have left the longbow, and I would have left the long sword. So Katinka is flying around, holding. (laughs) Essentially the equivalent, like ratio to size to her, it's like one of those like medium-sized PVC pipes <laughs> they put in the plumbing houses. So like she's just holding like it's it's taller than you are, and it's about as big around as you. So you're like carrying that around. And hanging from her hip is a hand axe, <laughs> which is about a foot in length. So it's it's also a little taller than her, is hanging off of one side. Um, so <laughs> she is wild looking right now. Uh, and, and she is <laughs> flying could down it, the street. Just <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Couldn't I have muscle. gotten a hand axe that's like sizable for a fairy? Yeah, if you wanted to do less damage, it totally can. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I'll pass yeah. on that. <laughs> Excellent. So that is that is happening when you're flying around. <laughs> that was Jay. <laughs> I am <was> so. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> stop laughing. Because <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Jay, I'm so excited to meet your brothers <laughs> and the people that you love. <laughs> okay, what are you guys doing? I'm heading towards the Institute. <laughs> Trying to okay. think of an explanation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, something I wanted to do with the shopkeeper. I wanted to do insight on how he was describing Nifty and like the. I'm sorry. I know this is retro arcing, but I uh, ADHD I brain. Um, yeah. I wanted to do insight on his description of Nifty because it didn't sound all that great. It sounded like the fact there was a Nifty item made it more difficult for him to sell it, which was interesting. Yeah, make to me. It uh, that is another fifteen plus. Uh, Three, that's 18. Okay. Um, what you glean is that he is just an extremely pretentious individual. So Nifty is a figure of renown from history, but you get the feeling that he's trying to aim at like a very specific sort of um, clientele. Got it. And that while Nifty items are renowned for being amazing and strange and sometimes powerful, they are also quite frequently known to be odd some of them are considered to be some of the most powerful items in the in the world others are practically useless um depending on your perspective if you're not greta um so uh yeah it's probably sort of a bit more of his own prejudices that an object which is essentially just a magical weapon that does useless illusory things um just means nothing to him so you get the feeling that it was it was more reflective of his own uh his own prejudices than anything culturally considered about the weapon okay cool 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 cool. yeah um do you guys head straight to the academy yes yes okay (laughs) (laughs) fart and sparkle your way along (laughs) fart and sparkle it (laughs) fart and sparkle man (laughs) 
<laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> oh man. Just fart and sparkling. <laughs> That's gonna be a senior quote one day. <laughs> Farting and sparkling. Okay. This is the two of you guys down the street. Oh, you do the second. <laughs> okay. And then I keep looking at my own picture and it has the cat ears. And it's just, you're a tough man. <laughs> is the smell still there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, the smell I can't. of Maya's lovely gift is still hanging around. Um, but eventually, you guys make your way uh, toward a block-wide, four-story tall building that actually, so Magic Lane is like sort of a single street. And uh, Pori Splenisaw is like a, a grid, not a square grid, but a grid of um, hexagons, as we've talked about previously. So each street has another side to it. And some some streets have alleys, some do not. Um, the uh, The academy is so large that it's a block long, but it also extends to the other it, there, there is a face for it on the other side of the street. Oh, if that makes sense. Wow. So it has a face on either block, and uh, it is just—it's just layered and impressive in grandeur. It's laced with gothic finishes, high arches, ornate stained glass windows with cool, subdued colors that um, sort of uh, run the length of multiple floors. Um, there are sort of balconies at, at higher stories. And, you know, even though Port saw as a massive city has multiple story buildings, um, still in this time, buildings of great stories, especially of this size, are very uncommon. And um, there are, it's just a building uh, adorned and covered with beautiful imagery. It must have been a fortune a grand uh, multiple fortunes to build this thing and um, there are higher walkways where students are moving in between classes and um there are uh, students spilling and pouring in and out of the building uh not in massive numbers but um do you know you know Telege that there are there are classes here um as well as dormitories here but the students are allowed to leave and come and go and um uh, individuals are taught here from ages ranging from sort of like 10 ish um, all the way up until like young adult. And so there's quite a myriad of people coming and going, um, diverse uh, races and ethnicities, but um, all in similar like kind of like robes. And um, uh, they are just entering and leaving the building, which is like a cool stone gray. And um, uh, it's fine masonry shines in the city all around it. Nice. This is going to be an interesting experience. This is out of player. I mean, out of character. I'm just saying I should know the names of all the people here. And I should have a really uh, good... Every character, every character I introduce you to... Well, I mean, you can go to a university and not know. Yeah. Everyone... I, it's like when you go to a church that you haven't been back to in like five, eight exactly. years. And it's like, oh, there's a lot of things you recognize, but also a lot of things that have changed. So... Yeah. So you will... I mean, you are gonna... Every character I introduce you to, you will probably know. All right. At least of, of the staff, you know. the um, It's been a while since you graduated, so you would assume that all of the students are different. Yeah. Yeah. How many eyes yeah. are Katinka turning? Yes. <laughs> how many eyes are Katinka planned, turning? Mm-hmm. Like, like how many, how many eyes heads? Are oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, uh, if you were planning on a subtle approach, Tello, it's not happening. Uh, oh, no, it's okay. And because okay. there are fart sounds, um, and this is largely <laughs> teenagers and children, everyone is laughing uproariously as you approach. 
So uh, do you that guys just right. kind of I don't know why they're laughing at you. Oh, Your man. Voice is so weird. Um, hello, Jay. I, I don't know why they're laughing at you. Katinka, Katinka, listen. <laughs> Can you help me? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> 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 Maybe if we whack you again, a different effect will change, change the effect. Are you, are you crazy? I could try if you want to let me just hold out your arm again. I'll whack you, see if it changes. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Katinka. I think it's very endearing. <laughs> I could try again if you, if you want me to try. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll say. We'll say. <laughs> we'll say. This weapon would require attunement to do this, but I'm having way too much fun with this, and we're not in combat, so who cares? And also, um, we're just going to say that you don't have to hit someone hard, so someone can choose to do a single point of damage if you want. Okay, okay. Okay. I grab the back. stick. I was like, okay, you ready for this? On the other arm. All right, and I do a little. I do like a little whack on her arm. Okay, roll a d twelve. Is there a sound effect of just like hitting? Oh, the sound <laughs> effect happens if you hit if when you hit, right? Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah, um, but <clears throat> yeah, let's let's add that in. There's a sound when you smack someone with it. So, um, as you smack, as it like bonks Katinka's arm, what sound does it make? Um, I want to say that it it rattles like a baby rattle. <laughs> <laughs> So you smack your arm and he goes like, uh, uh, and why don't you roll a d12 for me, Micah? Okay, this is your fault. You wanted this. Yeah, I do. And <laughs> cuts a two. Okay. Um, what is a two? Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> you bonk Katinka, and all of the previous. There's another of smoke and all the transformation goes away and there's just one last like little uh, sound and then as smoke clears Katinka looks completely like herself again um actually odds or evens I, I have two ideas what do you uh, um, I'm gonna say odds okay it is evens gosh darn so, it Katinka um can you... I cast silvery barbs in the DM <laughs> yeah you look completely normal. You look completely normal. Okay. How do you Jay, feel? I think it worked. I don't sound like a hideous person. Um, or look like. As Katinka uh, returns to her visual form and uh, her voice, everything is the same, except that, Tello, the whole time she's talking to you, it's her voice. But her words just sound like gibberish. So it's her voice clearly, but you cannot understand a word she's saying. Oh no. Um <laughs> I I cast I cast uh <laughs> Can I do an arcane check to see if like if I did like comprehend language if I could communicate with the with comprehend languages would probably work and if you chose to to take dispel magic that would also probably work both of those things occur to you okay okay but comprehend I, languages is much funnier I don't I don't have 
Okay, I have comprehend language and tongues. Can I cast them both at the same time and just like be a translator for Katinka? Uh, tongues would do. Tongues would work just fine right off the bat. I could hear it and speak it. Uh, yeah. Oh, I do that. Yeah, then. that's the nature of them. Okay, <laughs> so you cast <laughs> tongues on yourself, and uh, you now speak gibberish with Katinka. I think I'm like a book. Oh. I don't know. We can just talk normal now. Okay. Um, I say I don't know what's going on, but I think I fixed it for me and you. I'll just translate depending on what's happening. I don't know what happened. I the words coming out of my oh no. <laughs> and now more students are passing by, giving you guys strange We're both odd just looks. Talking and nonsense. And then I, I'm gonna look at one of yeah, them and go. Don't give it up, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like an 11 year old girl just <laughs> she turns around and walks quickly away i don't know what do i this. don't know we're both talking to each other we're just in gibberish now uh mm. when me and katinka are talking it is nonsense okay yeah should we go find um yeah we should probably go find someone somebody especially important yes yes zachary yes okay so as you uh like sort of like a uh a steady stream of like students is parting around you all as you guys move toward the steady, the, the large doors of the academy. We'll say it's earlier afternoon and we'll say that a lot of the students are leaving. The classes are over um, for the day. Um, so, I mean, they live here, so quite a few are still here, but many are going on about their own business in the city. Um, and so, you know, of older age, there's not like a lot of like kids, kids leaving, but like some teenagers going in and out. And, uh, you know, there's there's places to get food nearby. So even some of the younger folks might. And um, uh, as you enter through these doors, the doors are beautiful. Um, they're large stone doors and they have like three layers to them, like three levels. They're very shallow, each like a centimeter different. But the outside is just sort of like um, angular laced uh, gilding. Uh, or, or like carvings and then the layer beneath that is um there is a symbol for each of the schools of magic uh carved in and it just repeats downward in circles that sort of like connect and interconnect with each other but then in the middle there is one pattern that is distributed between the doors which are are, are held uh uh open they are they're pressed inward opened at the moment uh just for people to pass freely in about you can see splitting between either doors is a massive carving of um sort of like a dragon with wings outstretched, beautiful and lovely, and just like mad, like just general imagery, abstract imagery of magic flowing away from it. It's just beautiful. And um, uh, inside there are, yes, sir. Is there a book close to me? <laughs> There's a purpose to it's, this. It's, it's not that that doesn't make sense. It's just that I was so not prepared for you to go. <laughs> Is there a book? <laughs> Sorry, I'm good. Wait, um, would my spell casting book count as a book? No. Yeah, the book, your spell book is in fact a book. Is it worth more than 25 gold pieces? Yes. Yeah. Does a spell that requires a material component... Did you read the... What's the spell? It's called Borrowed Knowledge. No, you wouldn't need to consume the book for that. Okay. <clears throat> I want to do a history check on the dragon, and I would like to cast Borrowed Knowledge to give myself proficiency with history. Okay. Um, it, is there a specific 
thing you are attempting to inquire of it? I want to know if this is a specific dragon because dragons okay. are very important. And also, we just had this you dragon. I was trying to like, oh, dragon school. No, 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 yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, you cool. Um, that was sick. So I hate to to pull it apart, but you would just know this because you went to school here. Okay, never mind. I guess um, I don't cast the spell. Then. I know. I'm sorry. That was really cool, but it's okay. You, you just get it for free. You just get it for free. Oh, thanks. Um, you went to school here. Um, you are aware that um, uh, the that um, headmistress uh, Birok. Am I getting that name right? Yes, that's the name of the academy. Dozak. Headmistress <laughs> Birok. Um, has, wow, skilled DMing there. Um, uh, she has an affinity for imagery of dragons, and um, she talks about how her like sort of uh, Atala Birok, head headmistress Atala Birok, um, that her like her like grandparents used to tell her stories of when dragons, like metallic dragons could be found around Yalabrin. Um, and it's sort of like passed down from her. So it was, it's like a story from like her great, great grandparents, but they said that there was an age when like there were a handful of metallic dragons that protected the world and taught people. And so that imagery is just very important to the Birok family. And so she, um, you know, she repeats it around. Um, and so it's just a symbol for the Academy. And she's like renowned a vaguely as like metallic. a good person, right? Um, so she is a very powerful, very powerful caster. And um, you uh, you would know her as, um, uh, we haven't established for what reason you came to learn at the Academy, but it doesn't need to be anything dramatic. It could just be you were taught here. Um, and uh, you would have known her as a very commanding, maybe even intimidating figure, but kind and uh, very charismatic. And um, people are like, she is an authority figure here at the at the academy, um, the the highest authority figure. So, <laughs> were a student to be in trouble or to be um, afraid of a standard, they could be intimidated by her. But you knew her as a kind person, and um, I think an excellent example would be sort of knowing a um, you know when you knew like a teacher um, differently when you were young and when you were older where like when you when or any authority figure where like you respected them you liked them when they when you, you were young but they might have intimidated you a little bit and then as an adult you just kind of appreciate them okay cool you cool, know that cool, kind of cool. a dynamic yeah Very yeah but that's like the person that. i'm looking for then 100 percent. yeah yeah you would be aware of her so the stone doors are open. There is like a front waiting foyer and then it splits into hallways. And you are aware that the academy is a very large square with stairs at regular intervals that lead up to different floors. And that there's a massive courtyard in the middle where students practice magic and uh, stuff like that. And um, that like going down these halls and going up different floors leads to different spaces. Please continue. Tello, um, is it going to be a problem to talk to someone... Uh... Wait a minute, I just solved my own problem outside of character. Good. And... <laughs> the big so mic! Tello, I'm so excited to meet um people that you know. Should I know anything about this person before we meet them? What their name is, what they're like, their favorite color? I wish I could tell you. Um, And maybe one day I will. Um, What? let's go meet them and find out ourselves. Okay. <laughs> that was really weird, but okay. Oh my <laughs> Coming from somebody, a player who should know everything about this place and yeah. knows literally nothing. <laughs> Zachary and I will have conversations have after this it. and I will know everything next time, I promise. You could have taken that opportunity to make something up and then just roll with it. Oh yeah, she loves uh f uh frogs. She has tons of frog statues <laughs> all over the place. 
um, sculptures of frogs. She even has a couple of pet poison dart frogs um, captured from... I actually brought them to her because I know her affinity from one of my travels. And um, they're pretty great. They're in her office. And uh, she loves dragons. So I'm thinking that we can go talk to her about dragons <laughs> and frogs, I guess. That was a, a really... <laughs> she be to her yeah, she loves frogs. But also dragons. Okay. <laughs> it's harder to keep a dragon in captivity. I would know. Tell her, that was a really weird frog thing to say. I don't know why you tell me about that she likes frogs. All right. We're going to go meet her now. All right. <laughs> I start heading to where I know the headmistress's head mistress's yeah, offices. Um, you guys head down one of the long hallways of the of the academy and um at each of the four corners of the massive building, there are uh, very large sort of uh, back-winding staircases. And as you go up them, you pass by um, living paintings. Um, not not in the way of Harry Potter where the paintings speak to you, but large, like uh, glob boss paintings on the wall. Um, uh, maybe even a technique Sorry. innovated before him. But they're just of scenes of the world of Yavin. And the scenes are just moving and alive and beautiful. And um, you pass up on through the second floor, which you know to be filled with um, classrooms. And then you go up uh, through the third floor, um, which is uh, nothing but dormitories. It's louder and bustling. And um, you are flooded with memories, um, Telejay, of, of a lot of your formative years being held here. And eventually you move up to the fourth floor. Um, and uh, you are aware that this is, uh, this is like storage for the academy and um offices and staff rooms and like just where everything practical is held um and you know the first floor is a lot of sort of like public spaces for students um there's like doors to the uh, center of the courtyard um places for the students to eat stuff like that but you go to the fourth and you know that um her office is right over um the front entrance to the academy um so it's like if you go halfway down the first hallway on your left there is a very large office space um, on the left side because it has a balcony that faces over Ma Magic Lane and stands like kind of right above the doorway to the university. So you know that going down there well enough, you would you would head toward her office. Okay, I head that way. And as we're walking, I look at Katinka and I say, I think, okay, so we're not going to tell her that you dropped the egg, okay? On, by juggling it. But I wasn't planning to make my first impression literally the most the biggest thing i'd ever regret I, so i think that we're i think that we're good um there wasn't there was a ritual there were three eggs one was consumed and the other was damaged by the bad guys and we rest she's well i guess she's gonna find out from the dragon i think <clears> we tell her the truth but just but just say that it was dropped as we were trying to rescue it as an unfortunate accident that's where we're at it was an unfortunate accident during the um, rescue 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 you say rescue a lot we'll do that it yes. was a rescue halfway down the hallway all of a sudden teller you realize that katinka has quit speaking gibberish oh i'm still speaking gibberish <laughs> yes but well it's tongues so the way tongues works um a creature just understands you so then all of a sudden you realize you're both speaking in common again oh nice that and it sucks. occurs to you oh the effects of the stick must last like 10 minutes okay cool awesome Let's go. All right. All right. So, um, I'm floating. Well, <laughs> you all, uh, you're floating? No, dang it. I was going to hope you just let that go and just let me float. But, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, you guys arrive to her office. Um, there are these large, uh, like doubled cherry wood, 
uh, doors that have been stained kind of like a deep vermilion. They have gold gilding along its edges that sort of spiral back and forth. And tiny little sort of like, there are general features to it that look quite a bit like um, the structure of the sigils in um, each of the schools of magic. So it's not directly the symbols repeated, but for the sake of diversity, it's some of their like similar structure and geometry to someone who'd be well studied in them. So it's just fascinating and sort of evokes that imagery. And there are um, some brass handles at the center. Um, and you are aware that it is custom to knock before going into her office, but yeah. I pull up my hand and I rap, rap, rap on the door. Okay. Um, the hollow thuds rain and um, there's a pause. And then you all hear, uh, sorry, there's a dog park right in front of my apartment. And the dog is just trailing, walking across the grass, just slowly pooping for like, <laughs> this is the most professional episode we've ever made. Wow. Um, so, so good. Uh, as, you, <laughs> as you knock on the doors, um, uh, you hear a lovely voice with which you are very familiar ring out and say, um, please come in. I uh, what is it a doorknob or is it a, a like a metal handle? It's a doorknob. Okay, I twist the knob and I give Katinka like a be serious look, like a, this is important. And then I, <laughs> I open the door and I walk okay. inside. Just hands like whatever would you mean as a comically understand. large cudgel and a comically large hand axe hang from either side. <laughs> I'm incredibly serious. Is that and, what's your uh, name again? One more time. Katinka. Um, no, yes. <laughs> Headmistress Atala Bidok. Would I know that it would be proper to call her Headmistress Bidok? In your time at the university, it would have most certainly been Headmistress Bidok. Um, since you've become an adult and visited a couple times, um, you would. She she's she runs the academy very studiously, but she's not very full of herself. So she would have taken to you just calling her Atala. Atala. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you twist the door handle and you push it in. And the office is beautiful. Um, there are tall, matching cherry wood bookcases on either side of the room filled with tomes and texts. Um, it is not a desk in the center of the room, as it is with many offices. Um, it is a desk on one side, on the left. And it's like an L-shaped desk that attaches to the wall. Um, there are like feet to the desk. Um, that hold it up in its in its design, and they look kind of like reptilian, kind of reminiscent of that whole dragon imagery she loves. And um, there's cherry wood at it, and um, in the center of the room, there's a slight depression in the floor in the in the floor, which is all smooth stone. And around this circular depression in the floor, um, there is like sort of it it comes down a little bit, and the wall that's carved into it is padded, so that it works like a big functional circular couch in the center of the room that depresses down a little bit. And um, there's like a sort of like tea table in the center of that, and um, there is uh, there is like a, a metal stove on one, an iron stove on one side of the room that also has feet that hold it up. And it's like a potbelly stove. But it uh, it has no smokestack that comes out of it. You're aware that she just casts heat metal on it, and it like prepares tea in uh, in little um, uh, little iron uh, kettles on it. And um, there are there's just beautiful affectations of a posh environment. But um, there is a bay window that runs the length of one side of the room, and it has more similar um, gilding that matches the architecture of the building. And from beyond that, a balcony that stretches out over the street and um, the other notable feature is that on one side of the room, there is a massive terrarium, like a huge glass 
uh, uh, enclosure that's sort of like built into the center of one of the bookcases. And it's really big, very spacious. And um, there's a small magical source of light that floats in the center of it. And um, it is filled with um, deep green verdant plants that grow in soils. It's really big. And there's this huge um, water uh, fixture built into the front of it. Like it has a small shoreline and it comes right up to the glass. It's an incredible work and it's just filled with frogs. Um, <laughs> uh, really, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Sorry. Not filled with frogs. There's like, there's like, there's like 30 or 40 and they're all, wow. um, matching frogs from Kraska and they're bright colors. Um, you are aware, uh, Telege, when you brought these to her long ago, um, cause she had one for a very long time that she kept good care of and you brought her more that these are, these are poisonous. And uh, they're beautiful. And there's all these little gnats flying around in the enclosures that the frogs are catching. It's very well maintained, very spacious, a good environment for them. Um, <clears throat> and uh, sitting at her desk in beautiful, they're like bright white robes that are trimmed gold. And uh, they, there's like, um, they're really cool looking. There's like these prominent shoulders, almost sort of like a mantle that rests on this hood that lays backward around the neck. And um, the two sides of the robe come together to form this like long front strip of cloth that unifies the cloak together. And then they splay out into cut designs at each side so that the robe is kind of like in threes. And sitting in it is a dark purplish red skinned tiefling woman who has thick curving ram horns at either side of her head, dark glossy black hair that spills at either side of her shoulders. She has bright white eyes with no pupils, um, brilliant white teeth with kind of fangs to them. She has a golden, couple golden rings on her fingers. She has a beautiful age to her face and um, she's sort of like late middle aged, but she has beautiful features. Um, and uh, she is reclining at her desk and her like sharp fangs exposed as she smiles a wide grin looking in your direction. And she says, Teloge, I had not expected you back for some time. How are your travels? And please introduce me to your friend. Hi, Atala, it's so good to see you again. This is this is my friend Katinka. Um, she's part of the core. Uh, we just got back from uh, a travel to Zachary, the place that we were just at. Vash? At place. Uh, no, you were off the coast of Zillium. We were off the coast of Zillium uh, on an uncharted island for uh, uh, looking at rocks. That is lovely. Hello, yeah. Katinka. Hello. I am Atala Biro. It's so lovely nice to meet, meet you. you. Oh, jinx. Not really. Um, I'm so happy oh, to be yeah. here and meet someone that um, Tala really looks up to and cares about. So, so happy to be here. That's kind of You... You're Fay, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. I've never met a fairy. From where do you hail? Oh, I'm from. If it's not right, okay. Are are there many fairies from where you come? Um. Well, okay. So I'm from Zej, but I, I kind of don't. Um, my history's a little uh complicated. I don't I, need to. Yes, it's all right. There's not a lot of no, other yes. fairies from where I. I'm from, but I'm happy to be here and, uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure if you're a friend of Tello's, you're a friend of mine. My dear boy, what brings you back to your academy? Um, a miracle. And I pull That's out, I, I reach into my pocket and I pull out that mm. palm-sized shard of a There's dragon egg. Green, black, fractured egg. And I hand it to her. Okay. 
She takes it daintily and she places it down on her desk. Her jaw falls agape, her eyes widen with their like sort of milky white. And it's it's so fascinating to talk to her because you can generally tell where she's looking, but there are no pupils, so you're never exactly sure. Oh my. This is a product of your journeys. There were some products that we stumbled upon that were trying to be used as fuel for a dark ceremony. And there were three of these eggs. And one of them was consumed during the spell. But we were able to rescue one intact. And this one was hurt during the encounter, but is alive. And, um, we don't, you a living worm. We have one that is yet to be born and one that is a living wormling. Tello. How impossibly remarkable. She turns over the fragment, examining it in her hand. You said that there was a ritual from which these had been gathered. Yes. Who would have the resources to gather dragon eggs? It was in the middle of nowhere, on a mm. forgotten island in the in a mountain. What an important. You said that you have one. It has been difficult getting them here, but we are currently having it mm-hmm. I could be it could be it's I far as I know it's safe, but we, I, I don't I don't know what I this is out of my I've never done this before. I don't really know what to do. We came to you because we know that you have good wisdom um, and would be a good source of um, dependable source. That's quite a question. Dragons have become so very rare in Yolibidin. Tello. This egg. What is the color of the wormling produced from it? Black. What are the hues of the other egg? Yeah, uh, Zach, I, I was trying to remember correctly, and the other, the one that was consumed was red, right? Yeah. And the one, the other one that we saved, is it blue? It's like a bronze, bronzish blue. Yeah. I communicate. I said the other, the other egg is a um, like a, a bluish bronze color. These are chromatic dragons. Oh, my boy. What a quandary you've brought me today. <sighs> I don't I, know. I've spoken with the the greenish black one and I've been attempting to comfort it and we've just I wouldn't say that we're friends, but I've, I'm the only creature it knows that's shown it kindness. She sort of, she scoots her chair back. She stands up. She presses her fingers wide on the desk for a moment and looks at the shell. And then she walks over to the balcony. She waves her hand and an illusory mage hand opens the door for her, sort of spreads it out and the sounds of the city pour in. And she just lets the like air from the fresh street waft over her. It pushes her hair back slightly around her shoulders. She sort of folds her arms behind you. She's not ignoring you all, but she just sort of looks out at the sky for a little bit. 
it's a beautiful blue and clouds are migrating in huge strips upon it up across it and she's just clearly thinking for a little bit a little flabbergasted by what you've brought turns around after a moment and she says has it displayed any aggression towards you uh no but it's also it's also was born much sooner than it should have been this is dangerous Stella. chromatic dragons are dangerous they grow to be we instilled here at the academy we instilled in you the belief that all of the world is valuable a belief which you have cultivated and made your own one of the reasons which i'm most proud of you as a former pupil of my tutelage a quality i i cannot fully take credit for it's a beautiful characteristic of yours in our many conversations over years, you have even changed part of my perspective on the nature of what we have always known to be monsters. But a black dragon wormling. Telogé, chromatic dragons are among the most dangerous creatures that Yolabrin has ever birthed. But it is wrong to leave any creature abandoned. How do you feel now with it in your possession? I feel bad for it. Its wings are not as it should be. I right. don't know if it'll ever fly. I, I don't know. It's Black dragons are all chromatic dragons are said to be bent toward avarice, toward violence and hatred, and should it have one reason to be embittered toward the world, let alone for its isolation, this is only fuel for a possible future fire. But your kind heart has been right many a time. What do you intend to do with it? I intend to to take care of it to make sure that it's well fed and loved it has a voice it has thoughts it has feelings The words you're saying are resonating with her and she's even as milky white and pupilless as they are you can see a storm of mixed emotion in her eyes as she looks out at the clear sky but she's just listening to you i think that if we show it a different way there could be a chance that it that it's not made evil and that if it can be, 
if it can if it can find that nature that we teach it maybe it's maybe it's unborn family can as well in the blue egg you intend on on protecting both of these creatures if i can Hello. It is a topic of much scholarly debate throughout history as to whether or not chromatic dragons are inherently evil or if it is a matter of, of culture. It would be a fascinating case study to investigate. And you are no feeble practitioner of magics. Your ally here seems quite capable. She Dragons is. are in every way as intelligent as we are. Perhaps all the more. This creature will learn. And should it develop a better nature, what a blessing to the world. But it should it have a caustic, vehement, at the root of its heart, it will learn to use your affections against you. I know. What is more, dragons are rare. Any rare items of value, but few items. And this is no item, it is a person, but few creatures in the world, if any, grow to the power and the impact of dragons. This creature will be a weight upon you. Others who learn of it will seek it. All the more the egg yet hatched, that it might become a creature that would serve their purposes. Many might instead seek to kill it, whether well-founded or prejudiced, to ensure that it never becomes a threat to the world around them. I am not intending to guide you to one course of an action or another, I desire only that you have thought of all of these things. I have. I have. That's all that I've been thinking about on the journey here. But I came, I came because to seek, to seek your wisdom. And I think that you would be the best person to know about these, this existence with me. But I need to know what do they like to eat? What do we know about? Is there, any exception to the rule? They're predators. They consume flesh. Yes. And you but... shall need great quantities of it, Seloge. She gives yeah. you a wry smile. Thinking only of logistics for a moment, this creature will become large. It will become voracious. And it will require many resources. I'm not entirely educated on the chromatic dragons. But from what I've heard, black dragons are semi-aquatic creatures. Don't make the period part of this reference, Zach. They're semi-aquatic creatures. They are... Of action. Native. Sorry. Of action. They're semi-aquatic. An egg-laying mammal of action. Yeah. A furry little flatfoot who would never flinch from a fray, yay, yay. <laughs> They've got um, more than just mad skill. Um, beaver tail... <laughs> the lady swoon. Never did say. 
Um, I love Dean Beard. They are native to boggish environments, areas filled with forestry, partial access to both land and water. All dragons are made to hunt. All dragons. And so it will need creatures to hunt, just as a dog or a hawk, which you took with your travels would. Only larger creatures. But for now I could I feed it already killed. We could we could just feed it meat, right? Like it doesn't would need to hunt right Absolutely. now. Just know that that instinct think of this as having any large predator along with you. Now it has will and mind and volition, so you can re reason with it, but those instincts are very much there. Blue dragons are native to more arid, desiccated landscapes, much like the cliffs and cragulous landscapes of Jarnst in the south, possibly Jarnsku in the north. These arid environments would suit them well. Blue dragons are even larger and even stronger. Creatures of fierce re reckoning and power. Blue chromatic dragons are prone to be they have a proclivity of power involving electricity and lightning. And black dragons that have acid and caustic substances. For what it is worth, dragons are also long-lived creatures. This creature will reach far maturity probably long after you are dead. And so for much of the time you know it, it will be smaller and vulnerable, if even powerful. Okay, um... Fundamentally, Telege, what I imagine you have before you is a question of intention. Do you mean for these creatures to exist with you? Do you mean to return them to environments of their own? This is a question you need to pass apart. I, I guess um, there's a lot of steps to take before that decision happens, but I think ultimately yes. it will depend on their nature, our relationship, and what they want. These are powerful yeah. creatures, Tello. Be sure that these consequences are not borne by the innocent. I know. If you don't mind, I don't mean to interject, but um, is there anyone that we could be possibly partnered with um, that would have enough knowledge and experience and uh, um, about dragons to and have a good heart that we could partner with that could help us develop these dragons appropriately with is that does that even exist make a very high dc persuasion check <laughs> that's a that's a that's a three before you say it uh -huh. succeeds or not can okay. i give the help action how so i I want to just join the discussion and be like, it seems like an impossible task. And, and I just, we're going to need help. I don't know if you, if you're willing or if this is something that you want to jump into, but if you can offer any help, I, maybe we would, we would be eternally thankful. 
Um, make uh, make the check at advantage, Katinka. Guidance. I'm just kidding. I can't do guidance. Bots <laughs> I'm so time sorry. It is once again a two. <laughs> oh man. I'm so sorry. Um, I can't even do Tala, anything. Tala, you know, sort of pulls her mouth to a side wistfully and says, I'm sorry, Tello. I know not of anyone. This is quite an insight check. Make an insight check. That's three. Okay. Can I also? Is that is an she option? rolling something? Yes. Silvery Dagum Barb, Zachary. <laughs> she has to roll a disadvantage, and I get to use another roll or whatever the advantage some other time, which I'm doing no now. Right? What? No components, right? No components. <laughs> Okay. Silver Barbs is the weirdest spell because it's basically just like a mechanic. The spell, like there's nothing. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I go ah. I'm okay. sorry. I thought I saw something out the window. That oh my gosh. I told you, right? Yes. Okay. And my new role is uh, it's a natural twenty. It's not like someone can counterspell because it's the invisible spell. I do. Um, well, the first time I rolled a 17. So that would have been uh, a 24. Oh my God. But the second time I rolled a three. Oh. <laughs> and it's a 10. Oh my gosh. Um, so your insight surpasses her deception. There might be someone she knows. But she's keeping that information from you for some reason, you suppose. I narrow my eyes and I say, um, oh, Zachary, what is her name again? Atala. Atala. Atala, Atala, we have known each other for a long time. We have. And I can tell sometimes when there's more to the story. And I'm getting that idea right now. She lifts her chin a little bit. She narrows her eyes slightly. Telege, we have quite a good rapport. We do. And you have become educated on a great many things. But that does not mean you comprehend all of this world. If I keep secrets, then I keep them well. Okay. I can respect that. I just... I grasp the gravity of this situation. More than you know. Okay. I'll respect your secrets. And she kind of flits you one more grant one more glance at the way she finds it phrased. She continues and she says, If you are looking for allyship, you might explore regions from which these creatures are native. Again, from what I understand, I believe that black dragons hail from the wildlands, either from Hashas or Kruskar. Okay. If you are looking for environments native for blue dragons, I believe that would be Jansku and Janst. Thank you. 
If okay. you have practical pieces of advice, might try to be useful. I, I, you, you have been so useful, and it has been great just getting to share this with somebody that I trust. So, um, if you ever have any questions about how they're doing, or if you'd like to see them, um, you're welcome to come with me to the to where we're staying. Um, or just check I'll in. I'd love to hear from you. Check in. I'm only ever ascending away. Would you like your shell fragment returned? You can keep it. I shall. And Tello. Yes. It doesn't mean that I'm not on your side. Oh, I know. This is I complicated. And keep me abreast. I am as always an ally. I know you are. I know Things you are. get out of hand. I could be of use. Thanks for giving me a shot at this. I know it could have gone differently. She opens the drawer and slides the fragment into her desk. The frogs you brought me are doing quite well. Good. It's good. I think they're going to have little babies soon. Oh, that's so cute. I thought there's a fungus growing in the tank. I have to check it. Okay. <laughs> I'll leave you to it then. Um, Katinka? Yes. Always oh. a pleasure. Good to meet you, Katinka. It was so nice meeting you. All right. And we are off. Mm -hmm. See you On next the ultimate time. adventure. Oh, gosh. Okay. As you pass back out of the room, you catch her just prestidigitating all the glitter that's been covering the floor <laughs> away. I want to go back. Did it look like the little John stand was open? Or was it still setting uh, up? Looks like it was in the process of being created, but it also looked of low enough repute that maybe you could... um. Didn't look like the sort of place that everything would need to be together for some business to get conducted. Okay, I want to go there. Okay, so as you all leave the academy, you go back down the street and you approach. Um, it doesn't smell good because there's a lot of parts of things being like salted and embalmed and kept. And it's like parts of creatures. It has a pungent odor as you approach. But the small halfling fellow um, with the marks on his face and the patch on one eye, the like bloodied smock across like these heavy hempen cloaks. He's like standing on a stool barking orders when you approach the wooden counter. I I know y'all are still setting up, but do y'all have anything for sale right now? What did you say? Do you have anything for sale right now that I can purchase? Who are you? Uh, my name is Tello. Are you a fairy? Am I a what? You're a fairy. No, I'm a wood I'm, elf. I'm a fairy. Interesting. Yeah. What do, do you, you want from me? A lot of meat. Any meat that's edible for a pet. I'm sure all of your meat is edible in some... I don't know what I'm saying. I have pleasure, but it is one from monsters. It would be at the higher price. If you are looking for just large quantities of simple flesh, you might go look at the butchery. Okay. This is a valid But if point. you are looking for monster parts, you will find nothing better. What is an exquisite piece of monster flesh that you have the best thing i have let me look and he climbs down off of a stool and uh this like huge orc fellow carrying a barrel comes around he almost bumps into him and the tiny little dude goes hey watch yourself and the big guy goes oh sorry boss and he like sort of moves around him and uh you lose the guy as he goes behind counters because he's too short you can just hear his like bup, bup, bup. <laughs> and then the door at the back of the building 
opens and closed, but you don't see anyone use it because he's too short. He's short even for a halfling. Then after a little bit, he comes back and you hear like a dragging sound along with his and eventually he just oh my he, he climbs back up on the stool and he slaps this tentacle, this like four foot long tentacle down on the counter. It has like chitinous segments, but like very soft, fleshy tissue in between. And the chitinous segments are like hard and like a pale gray, but the dark tissue in between is like thick and fibrous and corded, and it's like a dark purple. As he slaps it down on the counter, um, all this like kind of like embalming alcoholic fluid like slaps up around it, and he goes, you know what the Gethrek is? No, what is that? This is new to me. I can Oh. Massive tentacle sea monster that eats ships and sailors. Horrible creature. This is a tentacle from its face. Oh my gosh. That's it is some... electrically conductive and uh, very powerful and strong. How much is some of that? I have 12 of them. Each one I let go for 200 gold. 1200 gold? He said, "Oh, two hundred for each. For each, how big are they? Like, also, in give me an insight check. Person constantly dealing and and learning in monsters. Um, that is a natural twenty. Oh my goodness, what's the total? Uh, insight twenty three. Okay. Um, this individual, th this this is probably a rare item. It's probably worth a good amount." He's also probably very haggling prone. Like, okay. you get the feeling that prices around here are probably very fluidly set. Because you can imagine how this could be 200 gold. You can imagine how it'd be 100 gold. This is probably a very flexible situation you've got in front of you. Okay. Uh, and also, it's, uh, it's four feet long. Four and you can, tell long. That, you can tell that it's been violently cut at a point. So this might not be the full length of it. But this is like, this piece, is this is where it's cut. Okay. I look it over. Can I do an insight check? And you said it's coming, you're covered in embalming fluid, so it's probably not edible for, by a creature. Like, is it, would it be? Make a nature check. Okay. Uh, that is a 14. Okay. Um, two, no, yeah, probably not. You wouldn't want to feed this to your dog. A dragon, especially one whose stomach is inherently acidic, um, could probably eat just about anything. Okay. Um, so this probably isn't going to stop it too much. He did call it electro electrically conductive. Um, so you don't know whether or not it would be hazardous at all. But I mean, it's, it, a dragon can probably eat most anything it wants. Okay. Um, I mean, let's revisit the cost when we have a, all everything that we're wanting to buy. I think. Um, do you have anything that's not electrically conductive? Uh, almost everything else. Okay, that's what are you good looking enough. for? He's specific, Fenman. What'd you say? Specific. Um. Do you what have about you, fairy? Oh, do you have anything from Hashas? Hashas. Is that that's the hey, DM? That's where she said that black dragon's probably from. Yeah, Hashas and Kreskat. She yes, yeah. Hashas or Kreskat. Anything from there. Uh, yeah, go check my inventory. You fairy, do you want anything before? Do you I do? have any lollipops? Lollipops. Right. And he like climbs I down can... the ladder. And I was walks away. 
scorpion lollipops, but that's okay. Um, that actually he comes cool. back, slaps on the counter a stick with an eyeball on it, and he <laughs> pushes that your way, Katinka. Um, <laughs> then, yes. <laughs> then, uh, then he he picks up, um, like a withered, dark, black, twisted arm with like humanoid arm with like too many fingers and it's like scrunched up and desiccated and he slaps that down on the counter and the next thing he pulls out is sort of like a long thin tongue humanoid tongue that comes to a sharp point and is like discolored and he slaps that down on the counter it's like i have a boldex arm and the hag's tongue Ooh, i'm gonna pass on that lolly thank you how much for so. these and the tentacle? Jerry, they... back in the bat. Tosses the eyeball. What? Wait, was the hag's tongue the only thing from Hashas? He he also slapped on the arm. The arm. Okay. Um. How much for all three together? Make me an offer. Um, Fancy well, dress. I think that. I mean, that is, that is wishful thinking on the uh, the Gathric tentacle, but I think for I think for all three, I could do uh, three hundred. Please make a persuasion check. <laughs> that is uh, also make a concurrent insight check if you like. Okay. Uh, three and four. I think I have plus three on both. I <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, six, uh, yeah, six and a seven. Can okay. I assist? I'm so sorry. Is it too Ow. late? Ow. I mean, yes, it's we're very much breaking the rules, but it's courageous core. I don't you care. haven't said it has succeeded or failed yet. Yeah, but you have to say no. But you all can you all can presume pretty reasonably that a three is stinky. I I don't know. But um, let's tell it. We we have the other shop we could go to if it's. We, they probably have. What's it called? What is it? Hag's tongue? No, hash, like the place. Hashas. Hashas. They probably have like pots from Hashas that we could grab, but we don't need to pay for this. We can go. Okay. Well, if you know somewhere else, I'll tell you what, then I I don't think that's good enough for the help action. Really? But just you can also make a persuasion check if you want, <clears throat> Katinka. Okay. You don't think that's good enough? I, I'm actually interested to hear why. Um, because it'd be very Wait. unlikely that there'd be a bunch of other monster parts with specialties. In that would be part. a 16. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm being pretty merciful here, but we'll roll with it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you are not convincing Tello, but he looks at you and he goes, Hey, I have the best parts in tongue. You watch your tongue. To you, Katinka. And you get the you feeling can, that, like, even though he's you upset, can watch your tongue. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I'll give you 350. And as for the inside check, uh, Telege, what occurs to you is it might be mixed messages to feed a dragon humanoid parts, just for whatever that's worth. It occurs to you. I mean, it has a mind and it's a person, but you know, just for whatever that's worth, that occurs to you. But he goes, I'll give you 350 for this head. Okay, I'm thinking, and it's actually allergic. To, I, I, I have a list here, and I, I think tongue and arm is actually off of it. But I will take the... <laughs> I will take the Gathric for 150 Which I think is a very fair price. Just the Gathric tentacle. I'll yeah, take one. Get it out of my face. Yeah, go ahead. All right. I take it for 150 And you can put a Gathric tentacle in your inventory. Dang. And uh, the tongue and arm are taken back. 
Can I also say All right, get out of my side. He said he was going to also say something. Oh, no. No, yeah, I leave. Okay, uh, I leave too. Can we, before we close, can I also say that I find like a butcher shop and get just like a lot of regular... Yeah. I want to say like, I want to get it really good, like tasty stuff. Okay. Um, if you want to really drop some coin, you could spend like three or four gold on uh, on like 40, 50 pounds of meat. Okay, three or four? Yeah. Three or four. And you can just have a whole bag of uh, dried flesh. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And it's a heavy bag because probably going to have to carry it. So now yeah. she's a, a barbarian <laughs> fairy. I have the cudgel if you're okay. I can carry the cudgel. Yeah, you can carry the cudgel. I have the cudgel. So there's 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 a foot-long hand axe, which is the size of you hanging, and you're carrying a massive bag of, bag of flesh with dried blood at its base flying around the city. And, uh, yeah. Do you mind yeah, uh -huh. if we do some, if we do just like a brief interaction with the dragon feeding it food, or do you want to go? You should probably go. I probably need to go. Okay. We I could also, um, if, if it's really important, um, we could like Micah, you could ski daedle and then Lana and I could do one last scene. I'd be fine with that. Okay, that's fine with me. Okay, I'm gonna say goodbye to the listeners. Have a great day. Um yeah, I will see you around. Bye, Katinka. Okay. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. So Telege, let's just say that um Let's just say that you guys have found you've you've paid for like a shack, um, like a storage shed, like an off Airbnb. of one of the docks. Uh, well, like just like a, a large storage shed off of one of the docks, and um, it wasn't expensive. It's so little, I don't even care about charging you the amount. Um, like it would have been like copper, and um, uh, you guys have like holed up in there for the time that you were in port. So Katinka gets in there and um, does something Katinka-ish. Um, Ravina is out sort of like um, working a little like kind of local circuit of, uh, of um, inns and places to perform, scratching up some gold. And um, Argyle's in there. And when you get in, he goes, um, oh, hey, tell him, I was wondering actually about um, actually, actually. And then actually Argyle, and then uh, do you know where the dragon, the dragon is? Is it here? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like right over there, dude. And then right. um, there is on one side of the shack um, with like sort of light bleeding in from slats in between holes in the roof, a massive reptilian, like the size of a German shepherd creature. I mean, you know it well, um, with its twisted head, these two small horns just starting to bed off the, the side of its head. Uh, no, that's about, that's about as big as it was the first time. About the size really? of a German shepherd. Okay. Okay. Cool. cool oh cool. yeah. Fresh. It's huge. Uh, and, uh, uh, it has like the protrude, like the pronounced protrusions of like a reptilian skull pulled tightly against its features. Um, teeth protruding both up and down from the jaw, overlaying each other. Dark, deep, sunken, black green eyes with burning light and dark slits in their middle. Um, folded wings, slightly malformed to either side, pulled tightly into itself. Its long tail wrapped around itself. And as you, um, oh, and then the blue egg is like on a on a pile of like rope well positioned uh uh argyle has made sure that it's like very safe and well set and um uh as you walk in the dragon like blinks it was asleep it lifts up its head and it sort of like straightens up its very long reptilian neck and it looks alert to you you are very aware after like more than two weeks of travel you are the person it likes the most far away okay it's not particularly fond argyle but um yeah i uh i walk up i can't remember what spell we used to communicate last time oh, i have tongues Yes. How long does tongues um, go well, for? 
it's been two weeks and for whatever it's worth this thing is born with the intellect of like an older child um like it comes out pretty smart from the beginning um so you can be using tongues i'm not going to worry about the details of it too long so you can just recast and have it um but uh it can be used to that but it can be starting to learn common if you so okay desire. okay right like now i'm gonna, gonna use tongues but i i do want to say that like i'm like te speaking to it in common and like teaching it common. slowly but surely it is learning common but it's going to take time okay yeah probably yeah, like yeah. a month or really well. okay. um so i i walk over and i i kind of sit next to it and um i say sorry to wake you um you're back yeah i uh had wanted to get you some food i'm sure you're starving i'm very uh, hungry I, oh. it sits up it has its legs are already muscular at its young age and it has a lot of muscle on its shoulders hey, okay i'm gonna get this out of the bag before you start eating if that's okay but then as soon as i do you're good yes. to go i um i i reach in and i i pull out i kind of like i put like the gathric tentacle on one side and then i put like the the other meat on the other side and i say okay they said this had electrical properties to it. I don't know if you want to eat it, but it looked cool, so I thought maybe you would like it. Yeah, it's long snout. There are these like lateral upward facing slits, and it can like open and close them that cover over its nostrils to make them entirely aquatically airtight. So it like opens up and it goes like. <laughs> it's interested in the tentacles, but it turns its head toward like just the bag of meat because it's just more apparently exposed flesh. It says, "I'm hungry now." All right, I back away. Please. Okay. And it, um, it like rotates its head and it, it has, I mean, it, they're like clawed digits, but they're not so far from like fingers either. And so there is a, uh, like a ravenousness to it, but it like, it grabs the top of the bag and it pulls the top open. So it doesn't like sort of rip the bag apart, but then the huge jaws open and it's got those like sharp twisted fangs that sort of like, like pull onto a piece of meat and it just sort of like throws it backward in its throat like a crocodile or an alligator eating something it doesn't chew it just <laughs> and it swallows the huge chunk whole and then like its tail like thumps a little bit thank you Otello and it just goes at another chunk and it's just eating there for a little bit yeah and I, I just it doesn't do eat all the Okay. It, okay. it gets through like a piece of it eats like 10 or 20 pounds of meat which is a lot and then it seems to be full Okay. Okay. Um, How long are we here? Um, I'm looking for another job, um, but I also want to head to where I got some information on, I think, where you might be from. So, might I am from. Mm -hmm, where, like, other of your kind is from. Other dragons. Maybe I don't. It's it turns out you're pretty special. Um. So, I'm just trying to figure out what to do next. Um. But we want to make sure that you're taking care of. Them. I want to. Yes, I want to. I just have to figure out what I need to have prepared to get there safely. Is this where I am going? I would love to take you there. Yes. Are you leaving me there? I only want to do what you want to do. I don't know, man. I, I don't want to leave you if that's not what you want, but also if you... I just want to make sure that you're okay. 
it like reaches out an arm and grabs the tentacle and pulls it toward itself. And then it sort of like curls up again. It has very like feline characteristics when it lays down at its side. Like it, it leaves its shoulders up and turns its hips sideways, pulls the tentacle up close and it picks it up with a hand and like opens it, its mouth and begins chewing on it with like its back, even harder, larger teeth, sort of like a dog would with like a rawhide bone and just like stares at the floor, clearly thinking and just <laughs> begins trying to break up the chitin on the outside, just starts chewing on it. Okay. I sit near it, but I don't like intrude on its space. Okay. And it just passes quite some time like this. It eventually breaks through one of the parts and eats the fibers inside. And like you see as it's chewing like little electrical zaps, get out and get its teeth and it like flinches a little bit and then it keeps chewing more aggressively. <laughs> um, well, I think it, um, you've been able to identify already that it's male. And so like it, um, it, it, he's chewing and then eventually he puts it down. And after a little while, it seems to get tired again because it's still very young. And it lays its head down, sort of like where it, like the side of its head rests up against your thigh. Um, it's a really hard feeling. The head is already heavy. And this thing is like its whole outer head is just nothing but bone wrapped in like, like iron strong skin. So it's very like it doesn't feel good, but mm -hmm. it pushes its head up against your thigh. and sits there staring out at the floor with its head laying flat on the ground. And eventually it just kind of closes its eyes and goes to sleep. I feel like I, like I, and it lays its head on my thigh. Like I have put my hands on it and I, and I kind of hold it and, um, I kind of try to, you've learned that too. it really likes when the scales right at the base of its horns are sort of like rubbed a little bit. I do that. I would do that. But I also like have the same attitude as I would have cat. Like you don't stop when it tells you to stop. You stop after like, okay, it's been a minute. And, uh, you just kind of stop. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and then I, and, I, uh, I lean back against a wall and I, I close my eyes as well. You go to the sleep of it, the sound of it going like. And you guys both kind of fall asleep there in the shack uh, to the sound of that snoring. And then you also hear from the other side. And then like, obviously the market's not going to be ready for that yet. So when I open my tea shop, I'm going to have to like, like, I'm going to have to look at the market first, you know? And that's, that's the sound that slowly puts you to sleep. Nice. And with that, we will wrap up uh, Adventure 2 of the Courageous Core. Oh my gosh, crazy, crazy. So it's still going. Now wow. I need to go make some stats for the long stick. I know, I know. <clears throat> um, with the Courageous Core, as we've talked about previously, we're not going to worry about levels because we're just going to check in at intervals and you guys will just be different levels. Um, some of them surely. Uh, we're going to go in small increments, but increments nonetheless. I'm joking. So um, we'll address that when we have our next one. But um, good stuff. I would good say goodbye stuff. to everyone, but it's just you and I right now. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners, thank you for listening to Barely D&D. If you like it, we've got a Patreon. It's full of cool stuff. If we, um, well, see, I want to start talking about what Jackie's currently doing on socials, but that's going to be sometime in the past when we release this. Yeah, so, who knows when this is coming out. Sure else is cool is happening you can look us up on instagram tiktok um we have a dope website full of cool information um can you think of any other plugs lando no that sounds about it to me but uh thank you for listening and if you love it a lot leave a review and tell a friend that's the best way you can help out yes. also um quick note uh two other really good podcasts that we've collaborated with that you should listen to are new crits on the block and shatterblight chronicles they're both great they offer different yep. things than our podcast but it's good stuff yeah, really great. All right. Well, thanks for jumping in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Life's an incredible adventure. You're an important part of it. Skibbity-wop and da-da. Bye.